oh where to begin We are North Americans And for those of you who still think we're from England We're not, no We bid our planes and our trains till we think we might die Far from North America Where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes at me that way Cause we're North Americans But if we act all shy It'll make it okay It makes it go away All buddies, it's the Ron and Fred show Right now on a... Monday? Monday Alright, so that's why we weren't in here yesterday Yeah, it was a weekend before this Okay, so this isn't my first day on the job No A lot of times I'm like, uh-oh, start a new gig See how this one goes. We were here on Friday. Okay. Gotcha. All right, I was going to introduce Backstory, the whole nine yards. With me, as always, is my producer, Chris Stanley. Hey, everybody. Now, Chris is kind of the drunk, messy one of the group. <laughs> I'd say, I don't know. If I'm By messy. the way, there's nothing ever worse than when radio shows do their first show in a new market and they attempt. To instead of just doing a show, describe themselves. Just give backstory and shit. No, you're gonna find that I'm gruff, uh, but I think I'm fair, and I'm. My phones are open. You don't have to agree with me, but just be ready to hear some of my patented responses. <laughs> then I'll go to his 360. Start banging, playing fart noises. <laughs> You'll hear this one a lot. You like that, people? Believe me when I tell you, you, what they do always do is tell you what you're not hearing. This isn't some zoo show. You're not going to get time and temp here. Yes. We're going to be a little more in your face. Where's the old show? What happened to the people who used to be on here? Well, those people, uh, there's no pleasing them. That's the worst thing about it. You can only say to them, uh, you'll be back someday. Eventually, you'll turn the station. But back there's on. no way to sit and have a conversation with them. And what we always got was who's the homo. That was always right off the bat. Even before all of us knew. All right, so it's the Ron and Fez show on a Monday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. This big story came out seconds after we were off the air on Friday. And that's the Coney Creeps, yep. who just get stranger and stranger. Uh, Friday, uh, TMZ actually had video of them. And you can check this out on the iBang, uh, or you know, just go to your Twitter for a link, or go over to the iBang and type in Coney, uh, because I think we put this up on Friday. But one of the guys who ran the gig lost his mind yeah. and was caught up in a... 5150, as they like to say, in California. California uses fucking uh, numbers more than any other oh, state. That's the first time I heard 187. The yeah. fuck? I'll go 187 on that motherfucker. Wait, what's that? You know, I'm a peaceful dude, but somebody <laughs> comes through that door and I'm going 187. So I think 420 was from California, too. So they yeah, really are obsessed with fucking numbers. 420 was California. And then if you even remember, Van Halen always does that OU812 and... Oh, 90210, too. It's like, yeah. That's California. What the fuck? They're always dropping it down. Uh, remember, even in Pulp Fiction, that was the first place that we started uh, seeing guys using the fucking um, telephone code. Right. Like, I don't have...
have any partners <laughs> in. <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, so here he is. It's the 5150. Now, this is the guy who... He had the biggest viral video of all time. 70 million in six days. <laughs> 70 million in six days, which makes every band in the fucking world pissed off, going, shit, all we had to do was put a Ugandan rebel in our fucking video and we'd be crushing. They'd be fucking doing it. They all fucked right, up. So let's just take a look. He ends up on a corner there. In San Diego. Now, why is he in Sand Dog? That's where they're from? Yeah. And there he is. Naked as fucking... Oh, ass. Uh, Just totally buck-ass fucking naked. Literally, and leaning over, so bunghole fucking shining. (laughs) And it looks like he's pounding on the street. Yeah, like a fucking madman. This is totally insane footage. Now, in my neighborhood, we would have just simply said dusthead. (laughs) And everybody would have known what she fucking meant. They smoked a couple dips, fucking lost his shit. Now, this guy, his people are saying dehydrated. Yeah, the CEO of Invisible Children is saying, well, this guy's name is Jason Radical Russell. Uh, he was unfortunately hospitalized due to exhaustion, dehydration, and malnutrition. And they uh, also some reports saying he was fucking drunk, cause, and then he started masturbating in public and destroying cars. <laughs> now, the weird thing is, we've all needed a fucking drink of water. Hell yeah. Are you trying to tell me if someone gave this guy a coconut water, he'd be fucking, he'd put his pants back on and stop punching the street? These electrolytes are great. Rihanna could have stopped this. I'm fucking thirsty as a motherfucker right now. It's warm out today. It is. Shit. But yeah, the exhaustion and dehydration, yeah. So if he had he thought fucking, I don't know, worked out too hard or something, he wouldn't have had to fucking freak out of running around the street naked. He He was chucked. He didn't look too exhausted. He was really having quite the workout there. Here's Chuck. You're on the Run of Fez show. This is Chuck in Sacramento. Listen, guys, I'm off the 50 near the near the five. Uh, what's that mean? Uh, highways. That's how you. Where are you from? I'm off the 50 near the five. All right, so I'm off the 50 near the five. That's it. Man. No fucking names for shit there. Jesus. Nothing. I live off the 50 near the five. That's it. You're a numeratical fucking tribe. It is now called Double Nickels on the Dime by the Minutemen. It's like, what, what? I guess they're doing 55 on Highway 10? What? Just, just say that. They're doing Double Nickels off the Dime. <laughs> How do you not know what we're talking about? I'm not from there. Now, this motherfucker, you know there's some Ugandan fucking rebel leader rolling on the fucking ground laughing. Oh, Coney's the best fucking news ever heard. He's saying, whatever you say about me. My pants are on, and I ain't punching the street. I ain't masturbating anywhere except the privacy of my fucking war palace. Now, you got to give credit to, I guess, the cops here, because they didn't end up even thinking this fucking guy was anything but a fucking mong. Right from word go. (laughs) Thanks, Gervais. They thought, hey, we've got a mong. Let's throw him in the back of this fucking truck. And take him to Mongtown. Yeah, and then he'll be fine. No tasering from what I saw, heard or Yeah, saw. right. You just fucking got him under control. They know that some people just snapped their fucking shit. Remember there was that comic in L.A. who they also said dehydration. Martin? Yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence, yeah, he lost and it. He was running around in his underwear, I think, pointing a fucking gun at people. <laughs> yeah, he had a piece. Motherfucker! And you're like... If you would have fucking just taped this, we'd have finally laughed at one of your fucking films. Yeah, it was in 96. He was brandishing a pistol and screaming at Taurus on Ventura Boulevard in L.A. 
as PR stated, exhaustion and dehydration. Well, I don't know what happens in California, but they need to rehydrate at all times. Yeah, really, get like a cowback or something. Yeah, Fuck. be careful on the dime. Off the nickels. You got to get off the fucking nickels, it's first fucking thing. And so this, uh, uh, Jason Russell's wife said, uh, gave, tried to give a reason as to why the hell this is all going down. Mm-hmm. She said he couldn't take the, the f- pressure of going viral so quickly and people starting to shit on him. Because as soon as it blew up, everyone started looking into the invisible children and everything else. It's a very interesting thing. Everybody here in this country, for some reason, wants fame. But fame is a fucking snake. This guy, I mean, this guy got exactly what he wanted. You know, incredible exposure for his fucking charity, The Invisible Children. Because you're thinking to yourself, all right, I just, once I get famous, I'll have a great big fucking backyard with a pool. Broads will be coming over. Be a baller but whatever. no one fucking realizes they're going to tear through your life. They're going to fucking find out that your brother's got 30 fucking DUIs. Girls that you paid for their abortion. No, and 91 better. are suddenly coming out, fucking crying, screaming that you forced their knees open. Invisible you know, children. you don't get a fucking... Now, Now from that point on, you're asking everyone, uh, please, I want you to go through my life in the way that I never would myself. <laughs> because you know when like, you remember something horrible, you did, you just push it out of your fucking head oh, yeah. as fast as you can. Fuck yeah. I don't want to remember all the, the bad things that happened. That's why those... Uh, they're always going, well, how could any of these people fucking end up on celebrity ghost stories or celebrity rehab? Because everything that was fucking private and that had the, the slightest bit of preciousness to them has been stripped away. Yeah, and that's what happened to this dude. He's like a born again, and that's that also came up. People were saying maybe he's a religious nut. And also he, his kid was in the video, so that fucked him up too. At the beginning of the video, he has, yeah. has like his kid or whatever, and that apparently is. Is still- that the one where he's explain? Is that the kid that he's like explaining the horrible nature of this guy to, like the young yeah. child? Yeah. And fucking asking him to work on it when he's fucking five years old. <laughs> this kid still believes in Santa Claus, and you're telling him stories about, you know, kids your age get shot in the face in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, I had it to you, Ron. You had the weight of the world pushing this 2012 thing, and uh, right at right at the get-go, you you were kind of standoffish and didn't buy this bullshit. Yeah, I just yeah. thought, you know what? We're not in the super fucking hurry to start helping these people promote, and they do give off that whole up with people vibe you know yeah. what i mean they seem a little cultish themselves it's fucking weird and uh, and, and one of the big facts that came out when, when this thing blew up was that coney ain't even in uganda anymore no he's been gone for five fucking years yeah. they actually showed this video to regular people out on the screen in uganda and they end up throwing rocks at it and they're going why is this white guy and his white kid trying to fucking figure out our country for us Yeah, what's the deal with all the white people in this video because they've never seen white people in their lives, except for ghosts. <laughs> Coney ghosts. <laughs> I'm scared the shit out of them. Now, you found something, too, over the weekend that just showed you how fucking nuts these people are. What's the name of their shitty group? Um, the Invisible Children. That's the name of the, the fucking charity, the umbrella right. corporation. Where that's over and I want you to find out with a lot of these groups, and I know that they're trying to help. But most of the time, they're not trying to save people, they're trying to save souls. You know what I mean? So it gets off 
that weird thing into, oh, you think that you're buying fucking nets for the people. You think that you're buying them some fucking Just oatmeal. Basic shit to live. Right. Then you're finding out, oh, but they got to fucking fall on their hands and knees and accept a new God over there. Yeah. A nice white God. Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, again... Do these guys probably mean the right thing? I'm sure in their own fucking weird way they do. But I just wouldn't want to fucking hang out with them. Because I can't be fucking hanging around with people who are naked, pounding on the fucking street, bringing the cops around. And jacking off. I got my own shit I want to fucking keep <laughs> on the fucking DL. Yeah, that type of person probably isn't great to just yeah. try to stay low on. That's the guy that I'm yelling, hey, hey, get away from the front of my fucking house. We don't know each other. Um... All right, so play a little bit of this fucking weirdness. This is also up on the iBank today. Yeah, this is a, a video they made in 2006 to raise awareness about Uganda. And that's the guy in the middle right here. Two minutes in is when the dancing starts. That's Russell, the guy in the yellow shirt. So they... Again, so many of these fucking dudes, they say they want to help and shit, but what they really want to do is be performers. And this fucking proves it. I mean, that's the guy right there in the yellow. They look like Blink-182, but they're fucking acting like Michael Jackson. In the year tw 2005 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Coney was still in Uganda at this point. And so yeah, they're fucking... Now, is the blonde guy the weird dude? Yeah. That's um, Russell. I like him better when he's naked and pounding the fucking street. <laughs> so this is a whacked out music video where they start floating and then shooting lasers into the crowd and turning... They're in a high school gym. Turning the kids watching into backup dancers with lasers. It's like Power Rangers. Power Rangers is awesome. I guess. There wasn't much about Gondra in that show, though. And then they, um. It has a lot in common with this. Still the Michael Jackson fucking sound right there. It's a seven-minute-long seven long music video that came out. Pretty much people discovered it over the weekend after his freakout. No one was paying attention before this. But as soon as you fuck up, they're going to fucking dig. So don't forget it because it happens on a Saturday night. The 29th of April. Really batshit crazy when I fucking found this thing. I was watching it. This this is insane. Right. Though so just the core. And it's like it's, it's shot like I guess like a decent music video. This guy's an actual director. He's a filmmaker, you know. But the guy then just wants to be a filmmaker. Here's the thing. I'm always suspect of filmmakers whose idea is to point the camera at themselves. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. Like I'm always amazed at that Michael Moore type of documentary where somehow he's in. His fucking documentary. Yeah, he's the guy in every, pretty much every scene. And there's a couple guys that do that. There's a couple guys who will, who will go, I am going to make sure that I'm in this fucking movie. And then you're going, why don't you just try to go out and be in movies? I don't know. I have to learn how to act. And... Sometimes you just want to wear a logo suit. Don't be like that. What? Why? You know Come he's on. a friend of ours. He's a good friend. 
He's the best friend we've ever had in our whole fucking life. You yeah. have to do that. And you have to fucking say th bad things. All right, I'm sending that on the talent. That that's a fucking problem. Okay. You know, after people come in, shit talking begins. Okay, don't do that. Exactly, a guy that we want back in here. I think he was even booked and then didn't something didn't work out. Yeah. What seems that more and more with you, Hicks? No, people come all the time. You better get me somebody today that fucking blows my mind. Okay. That blows my mind. Fucking erase your brain, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's too far. It's like Total Recall. Old fight. Why don't they... This fucking thing turned in... At first it was, was Thriller. Yeah. Now it's Xanadu. By the time you're fucking going on. This is giant budget. Yeah. And look, everyone's following him. We're going to change the world. Yeah. You fucking egomaniac. Yeah. And it's all for some, like, rally that happens, like, on April 29th, 2006, about for Uganda. Right. And, and in the meantime, he's going to have all these kids drink Kool-Aid one day. They shut down an entire fucking street. Looks like San Francisco. This is a huge music video. This yeah. is amazing. There's about 200 extras here. And no one knew these fucking guys five years ago. Fuck no. This is what they wanted to go viral with. <laughs> well, that he fucks, he fucks. See, this is the problem. How much... Look, there's, these are crane shots you're looking at. So I don't know what the fucking cost on this. But they collect money from fucking old people and shit. Like, oh, you know, help out for a cause. And it really comes into this. You know, they're feeding everybody. Yeah, they have to. Then they have an after party. It's production budgets. All their fucking. This is significantly shit. better than most music videos that are out today. It's crazy. Well, particularly the fucking dog shit that you're into. Oh yeah. One problem is their slogan is "End a War." At this point, 2006, there's plenty of wars going on, and Uganda's probably not going to be the first one that comes to mind. They got Uganda to mind though. Like even fucking George Clooney fucking admired that like he said over the weekend look they might be some assholes but they got fucking people to know who this fucking coney dude was yeah everybody knows everyone fucking knows who coney is now it's fucking weird not that we're doing anything about it oh no i mean well he's not even there anymore it's fucking whacked out Just really bizarre fucking weekend for this fucking dude. When I saw that thing drop, and then the video came out of him just butt-ass naked. I think he's still in the hospital. Yeah, you you you, go, you get fucking locked up. Once they take you to the psych ward, you're there for X amount of times. It depends on the state. In Florida, it was always three days fucking minimum. I don't know what. I think it's harder to do it in New York. But in Florida, this is how easy it was. Me and you would be able to go. Or maybe it's three people have to fucking sign a paper. All right. So me, you, and Fez could sign a paper. And Zito, it would take him three fucking days of Wait, saying to people, <laughs> I'm not crazy. What the fuck? All we'd have to do is go like this. We're worried about this kid. He's been talking bananas. Three of us sign it. They'll come and pick him up. And then he's got three days of tests, which is basically, are you crazy? No. You're going to get observed. Are you sure you're not crazy? Right. <laughs> I kind of want to do this to somebody. Now, in the meantime, fucking homeless people actually are crazy, and yet they're permitted to sit there and make a fucking mobile fucking home out of a shopping cart. Oh, yeah. Hang on some church uh, steps. Speaking of crazy, you sent me the other stuff over the weekend, too, and this is just completely fucking bizarre. Oh, yeah. 
This crazy shit is... No, I want to go to uh, the shooting first. Yeah, yeah the... You've got a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> You've got a lot of crazy it, stuff. It was a wild fucking weekend, news-wise. Yeah. It was fucking really nuts. Uh, yeah. More than just one fucking mitten story? There was fucking things out there? All right, so this... It's been a, a bit of a fucked up story going on for a little while where this 28-year-old kid got shot by this guy who said... Wait, he, how old is the kid? Oh, no, excuse me, 17. He's 17 years old. Yeah. Now, he was off at the store. Yeah. And something happened on his way back from getting Skittles yeah. to his house. And he gets fucking clipped by a guy who's not even a cop. Neighborhood watch. Neighborhood watch. Yeah. Now, Neighborhood Watch should have a flashlight and a fucking phone. Nothing more. Yeah, and this guy was backing. Now, not only did he shoot this kid, but the cops didn't even arrest him. No, it was just seen as, yeah, this guy was doing his duty or whatever. And it was there was controversy around it. And people, people the cops, in the end, cops were saying, yeah, this guy didn't do anything wrong. All right. Let's. But now the 911 tapes came. All right, let's listen to the first 911 tape because I haven't even heard all these because I just find this story way too heartbreaking. Click on the link there. Uh, by the way, this is also up on the iBang today. Yeah, this is just fucking. Police Department lines being recorded by Sean. Hey, we've had some break-ins in my neighborhood, and there's a real suspicious guy. Uh, it's Retrieve You Circle. Um, the best address I can give you is 111 Retrieve You Circle. This guy looks like he's up to no good, or he's on drugs or something. It's raining, and he's just walking around looking about. Okay, and this guy, is he white, black, or Hispanic? He looks black. Did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, a dark hoodie, like a gray hoodie. And now, stop this for a second. Is that the sh is this the shooter that's talking? Yeah, this is the guy, yeah. Okay, so with this time, he's just called 911 without doing anything. Yeah. Okay. Now, to me, that's what the neighborhood watch's job is. Call and report. Now, by the way, Hicks, do you ever see any suspicious people in your neighborhood? I mean, in New York, we're used to suspicious people walking around. There's plenty of suspicious people on my cor corners up and down. Right. Avenue, but we don't feel the need to shoot the weirdos. No, we just all fucking live next to each other. They just like hang it. Always the amazes me why people are going. Well, there was a weird guy in our neighborhood. I walk out my house. There's weird people. I've been the weird guy. Fucking, I yeah. can't fucking say it many times. You try staggering home. <laughs> yeah, you know, not good. It's not the fucking easiest thing in the world. It's on subways and shit. The fuck. Um, let's uh, go back and pick this up. It's in white tennis shoes. He's here now. He was just staring. Oh, he's just walking around the area. Looking at all the houses. Okay. Now he's just staring at me. Okay. He said it's one 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 retrieve you or one eleven. That's the that's the clubhouse. That's the clubhouse. Do you know what the he's near the clubhouse right now? Yeah. Now he's coming towards me. Okay. He's got his hand in his waistband. And he's a black male. Okay. How old would you say he looks? Button on his shirt. Late teens. Late teens, okay. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with him. Yeah. He's coming to check me out. He's got something in his hands. I don't know what his deal is. 
Sounds good. Just let me know if he does anything, an okay? Over here. Yeah, we got him on the way. Just let me know if this guy does anything else. Okay. These assholes, they always get away. What asshole? What did he do? Yeah. When you come to the clubhouse, you come straight in and make a left. Actually, you would go past the clubhouse. Oh, it says on the left-hand side from the clubhouse? No, you go in. All right, let's stop for a second. What He has also said... The guy was suspicious, yeah. yet did not fucking say one suspicious thing that the guy did. Besides just saying, he's acting suspicious. The now, by the way, just so you know the fucking backstory, this kid was watching a fucking basketball game. He's locked into March Madness, and at halftime, he makes the giant mistake of, I'm going to walk down the store and get some Skittles. And, yeah, yeah. It's so fucked up. He just wants want some Skittles. To the entrance, and then you make a left. Uh, yeah, you go straight in, don't turn and make a left shit. He's running. He's running? Which way is he running? Uh, down towards the, uh, other entrance of the neighborhood. Okay, which entrance is that that he's heading towards? The back entrance. Are you following him? Yeah. Okay, we don't need you to do that. Okay. All right, sir, what is your name? George. George, what don't you understand about we don't need you to do that? I still hear you fucking phone him. Zimmerman. And George, what's the phone number you're calling from? 407-435-2400. All right, George, we do have him on the way. Do you want to meet with the officer when they get out there? Yeah. All right, where are you going to meet with them at? Um, if they come in through the uh, gate... Tell them to go straight past the clubhouse and uh, straight past the clubhouse and make a left. And then they go past the mailboxes. You'll see my truck. Okay, what, what address are you truck. parked in front of? Um, I don't know. It's a cut through, so I don't know the address. Okay, do you live in the area? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what's your apartment number? It's a home. It's 1950. Oh, crap, I don't want to give it out loud. I don't know where this kid is. Okay, do you want to just be with him right near the mailboxes, then? Yeah, that's fine. All right, George, I'll let him know to meet you with the out there. Actually, okay? could, you have him, could you have him call me, and I'll tell him where I'm at? Okay, yeah, that's no problem. You need my number, or you got it? Yeah, I, I got it. 407-435-2400? Yeah, you got it. Okay, no problem. I'll let him right. know to call you. When so we got all this. Yeah. Um... The same call could have been made about George. If if the kid was like, hey, there's a suspicious guy. He's now following me around the neighborhood. It's hey, one of the reasons why the guy's probably fucking uh, watching uh, back. Hey, Brody, Brody, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, yeah, you guys, uh, you missed something there. The op, uh, when he said there's a suspicious guy walking around, the operator asked him, was oh, he black or Hispanic? He said white, black, or Hispanic. Oh, did he? Oh. Yeah. Um... All right, let's go over to uh, three. Nine one one. Do you need police, fire, medical? Um, maybe both. I'm not sure. There's just someone screaming outside. Okay, what's the address that they're near? 
Okay. And is it a male or a female? It sounds like a male. And you don't know why? I don't know why. I think they're yelling help, but I don't know. Just send someone quick. Say, ah. Okay. Does he look hurt? You? I can't see him. I don't want to go out there. I don't know what's going on. So they're sending. So you think he's yelling help? Yes. All right. What is your <laughs> just there's gunshots? You just heard gunshots? Yes. How many? This one. Jimmy, get down. No, come here. Is he no longer yelling? No one, I don't know. No one's going to be fucking yelling now. All right, here's the beauty of this. Constantly we have to hear about cyberbullying and fucking all kinds of, uh, you know, people feeling like that they're not free to be themselves. But here's a goddamn case. Where a kid goes to get some Skittles, the fucking weird dude who, for whatever, sees himself as neighborhood watch. Fucking, yeah. uh, he gets to go by and clip this fucking kid, shoot him fucking dead, and nothing happens. Here's the other part of this. You want to fucking hear about suspicious? The kid doesn't have a fucking record. The neighborhood watch guy does. Well, the fuck needs it? Why do we have in a neighborhood watch with fucking guns? You're supposed to have a fucking cell phone. That's it. Just call the cops. You see something suspicious, call we the We already have cops. cops. We have fucking cops. It's fucked up. They were telling him not to follow. This guy just wanted to fucking use his fucking gun. This guy was fucking psycho. Is psycho. Uh, Joe, you're on the run of Fez show. The best way to call is when the guy says he looks like he's on drugs. Yeah, I don't know how somebody looks like they're on fucking drugs. Unless I mean, I'm looking at Hicks right now. I couldn't tell you. Because he can fucking handle it. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, Zietz is afraid to be in a fucking tequila party. On the air. Seriously, Zietz. Just have a fucking drink. God Everybody forbid. wants to know what you're like when you're really fucking wasted. I would love to see it. Now, just mystery fucking... Right. What are we going to do? Dose you? Is that it? Is you going to suddenly end up tripping on the show? I could do it. I'll get, you know, just you got to be very fucking on... You know what I'm to do? Now. Get some fucking liquid acid and just put it on the keyboard in there. Okay. And we won't even know. It'll either happen to him or one of the ONA guys. E-Rock will be We sick. won't know. <laughs> E-Rock will fucking write it out. I guarantee that. Uh, yeah, this story is so fucking infuriating and it drives me nuts. Um, Kurt, Florida, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, guys, what's going on? I actually live in uh, in Sanford, uh, probably about two to three miles from where this happened. And the the worst part about it is, is I really didn't hear too much about it for the first uh, uh, week or two that it happened because it it happened like three weeks ago, and it's just recently been starting to really get obviously national news and what. Uh, what town is it? And it's Sanford. Now, it's just, Sanford's just uh, uh, on the other side of the bridge from uh, Daytona. Right, I know that area. Um, you know, there's a really weird thing down there, the way neighborhoods are. And there are a lot of gated fucking communities and stuff like that. And people are actually more paranoid in Florida than most other places. Now, for me, I looked at houses and they said, we have a gated community. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in fucking jail. Why would I want a gate around an entire community? What if I want to get the fuck out? 
No, well, you need the key code and... Yeah, I hate that shit. Um, let's get over here to uh, uh, Bill. Bill, you're on my fist. Yeah, I had read something online where this guy uh, had actually... The shooter had actually been like... People had been complaining about him intimidating his own neighbors. So this was nothing new with him being sort of overzealous. Now, it, did... Now, did the neighborhood make him the neighborhood watch guy? I mean, why would they be okay with this guy riding around with a gun? That's the part that's surprising to me. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is uh, Lewis in Manhattan. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I, uh, I don't know exactly um, the, 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 the real story on this. You might need to look it up online, but I remember hearing... On the news that this guy also, uh, he's known for calling 911. Like, he's been calling 911, like, just about every other week for, like, the past five years. He's always calling 911 on someone. Whenever he sees somebody, he feels like a call needs to be made. Yeah. There, guess what? It's America. You're allowed to walk around your own fucking neighborhood. Yeah, it's, uh, f as they in and they looked into this, he's licensed to ca carry a firearm. And he would go door to door asking residents in his community to be on the lookout, specifically referring to young black men who appeared to be outsiders who didn't live in the community. Uh, now, this kid did live in the community. I believe, yeah. Uh, because obviously he's walking for Skittles <laughs> and then fucking soda or whatever. Um, let's go over here to uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. Uh, Al Sharpton's down here today, I think, uh, leading a protest on this. And he takes a lot of crap, particularly from white people. But every once in a while, he gets it right. So, I don't know. I think sometimes we got to give him props. Well, this one is, to me, just a fucking slam dunk. A slam dunk. Now, from what I understand, this kid lives 70 yards away from where he was murdered. 70 yards away from his house, where he's fucking shot dead for looking suspicious in his own neighborhood. Um, Graham, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how's it going? I, I was just calling to say uh, or ask you, do, do you think black people are really equal in America? Because there's no reason why this dude shouldn't be in jail. Th this guy should 100%. First of all, the cops who didn't just even pull him in. Forget, you know what I mean? Pull him yeah. in and let other people decide then whether or not there should be charges against him. But why this wasn't immediately treated like a fucking crime scene is crazy to me. Because this guy's neighborhood watch... Yeah, I had to wait till the 911 calls came out before anyone really started losing their shit. Yeah, because they weren't paying any fucking attention of all other than, hey, this is just some shit that happens, you know? Yeah, this fucking weirdo called the police, called 911... About 50 times since uh, January of last year. 50 times a little bit over a year. Every time he sees somebody outside of their house. <laughs> Motherfucker, if it's dark, you're not allowed to go out and get your mail. You can't go out and have a smoke and walk around the neighborhood here because it looks suspicious. Uh, Crazy shit. It's uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's uh, Carrie in Florida. You're on fez Hey, Ron, can you hold on just a second? I gotta, gotta put down this hoagie for a second. Oh, she's not fucking starving now. Why would you? <laughs> hey, I'm not sure if this is a fact or not, but I've heard, because I live down here in Orlando, I've heard that this guy self-appointed himself as a watch commander. Nobody in his neighborhood, it wasn't a vote or anything, he just took it upon himself to assume this position. 
You know who I you know you know how they want to uh blame kids' parties on Project X and all this? Yeah. <laughs> I now want to blame this on Batman. Stop <laughs> acting like you're fucking you can run around in the night and and look out for shit. And take we care. got cops for that. This guy's like that crazy asshole in Observe and Report, the Seth Rogen movie. It sounds exactly like that. It really is very, very close to that. And we all know that guy. We all know that fucking dude who somehow decides that his head's on a fucking swivel. It's, he's, he's taking his time out to protect the rest of us. Yeah. Now, you got your gun. If anybody comes in your house, uh, open fire, dude. But what are you doing driving around in your fucking neighborhood? Let's suppose the kid really was fucking stealing, I don't know what, radios out of cars, which I don't even hear kids doing anymore. <laughs> Whatever it is, you don't put a bullet in them. You got fucking police to take care of this. He also took criminal justice classes, this guy Zimmerman. Um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Well, what's up, guys? I, the most disturbing, two disturbing things are the kids just screaming there in the background. I mean, you heard it over that when that lady was talking to 911. Yeah. Like, what was the guy? I mean, obviously the kid's being threatened with a gun, but he's screaming like that. I mean, and the, what was he going to do? What was the kid doing? Throwing Skittles at the guy? I have no idea. This whole story is just batshit. It's absolutely batshit. Um, and then he says on the 911 tape, these assholes always get away. What yeah. assholes? Yeah. What assholes? This kid is not in a fucking gang. He is a single human being with a bag of Skittles. I guess uh, peaceful people should be able to get away with their Skittles. It might fucking infuriate you, Zimmerman, but it seems okay to me. Um, Jay, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, a couple of uh, fucked up details that you missed that I heard on a report this morning. One is that the neighborhood that he was patrolling is only 49% white. So it's not like a, you know, high-end suburbia where it's weird to see a black person there. Right. You know? And, and another thing is, is uh, another thing is that, that I heard that the cops on a report this morning that the cops in that area is like an old boys club. Like if you know a guy, your kid doesn't get in trouble, you know. So that they, they, they took, they actually took it away from the local police and, and put it at the state attorney's, uh, the district attorney's office. Well, that is one of the problems with any small town. And believe me, I, I will tell you, I got away plenty of times because people, you know, local cops would be like, "Dude, do you think your dad wants to know you're out here <laughs> acting like this?" I'm going to drop you off at your house if I see you again. So in those kind of ways, you're like, okay, I get it. But then when they do stuff like cover up, you really do need, you know, people around it. And everybody who lives in a small town in America understands exactly what I'm saying here. Some cops just got busted on Long Island for doing shit like this, for like the mayor's son. or So some guy fucking gave a lot of money. This kid got off on some shit. It just happens because these guys are just guys from the neighborhood who... Got that job from the people in power. Keep that job because of the people in power. And off you go. Having said that, I know nothing about the cops in this situation. Except for it seems to me that this guy should at least been brought in. And the people in Florida should be just totally freaked out about this. Um, let's go over here to see um, Ben. Ben, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, Ron, what's up? Um, this guy, 
he he just wanted to be a hero. He thought he was doing something for the community. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to stop those black kids from stealing from the houses. And he shot one of the neighborhood kids. That's what happened. Uh, you know, you really get around and you say to yourself, if this was a white kid, would he have been taken in? And I know we all want to feel like we've moved past questions like that. But seriously. If this guy would have shot your kid, your nephew, would you, your family, and the neighborhood itself been freaking the fuck out? Because from what I can see, 911 told him right off the bat, no, your job is not to follow them. You made your call. We'll go check it out. And the fucking dispatcher trucked on trying to say, just meet the cops by the front of the thing. Meet the cops. Don't follow them. Why isn't he pulled in for that? For interfering with the police in the line of duty or whatever it's called. Um, Sal, you're on a fez. What's up, buddy? Yeah. What's going on? Hey, listen, just like you said, I mean, I want to blame the cops. I mean, the guy was on the nutbag was on the phone with the cops for an hour. Where were the cops? Why did it take them so long to get there? So this guy was on the phone with for uh I don't know how long. I mean, like you said, he was they told him not to chase him. The guy's telling him Yeah, we have I mean, the reality of it is this. All we've heard was these tapes and this thing. We got no information since then. We don't know why the fucking local cops did they see this guy as an asset to the community? Did they know him? All that shit needs to be worked out. And if it's going to be done by the state police, all the better. Because this seems like the craziest fucking story ever. Uh, Fernando in Texas. Hey, how you doing, guys? Just love the show, love the station. Um, I just want to say this guy is a sociopath. I mean, he enjoyed killing that guy. Like, it wasn't like he was trying to be a hero. I mean, in his own little world, maybe. But, I mean, he enjoyed killing it. When he talked to the police, I'm sure he was really cool. Probably not even shaking about it. Just be like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy was suspicious. I mean, the guy... He just sat on a thing. He was saying it was raining, and he so the kid's gonna have his hood up. The kid's gonna run away because you got this white, creepy old guy chasing him in his car or whatever he was doing. And of course, the kid's gonna run away. I mean, it was just it was disgusting. Um, it's it's insane. It's literally this is a a, a crazy story. Uh, Casey, you're on the Running Face Show. Yeah. Hey guys. Um. I'm calling from Canada, and a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about that guy up here who got take his kids taken away from him because, you know, his daughter his daughter drew a picture of a gun, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous up here. Everybody thinks it's stupid. But, you know, we have gun laws up here so that retards like what happened down in the States don't have guns. You know, this guy shouldn't be allowed to have a gun in the first place. You know, if he's calling 911 all the time, obviously he's a psycho, and, uh, you know, there should be better laws to protect you know, kids who are walking around just hanging out. First of all, we have all the laws to protect, dude. And I, I wouldn't have fucking felt any... Hold on. I wouldn't have felt any better if he would have ran him over with a fucking truck or hit him in the back of the head with a fucking rake. Whatever this guy was doing, to me, he far and away surpassed anything that's protected by any gun law. The fact that he was in pursuit of this kid is fucking insane. Oh, it's all insane, but now he thinks he's a cop, you know, because he has a gun or, you know, he's RoboCop or whatever, you know, he's protecting everybody, but he's not even protecting anybody. He's freaking everybody on the neighborhood. Obviously, everybody thinks the guy's a psycho. I mean, so to me, they don't even go in their own house. if you're going to have a neighborhood watch, 
You have a fucking CB radio and a flashlight. You want to yeah. go around and check the fucking doors? That's all nice. But if anything's fucking suspicious, you make the call and get out of there. Now, if you come up on a rape, no one's going to fucking get mad if you jump in. But no, the, when, was the, when was the last time that you guys heard of a guy neighborhood watch actually catch anybody, though? You know, uh, do anything. It's, they just have those signs everywhere to scare criminals away. You know, the best thing to have is a dog. Dogs are going to do any way better than having a dog protecting your house than having some idiot with a gun walking around the neighborhood with a flashlight. Yeah, I, 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 first of all, I've never heard of the fact that we want the neighborhood watch using weapons. I've never fucking heard of any community who wanted that. No, that's a cop or a militia. But do you want them to go around and check to, you know, assist the cops, check the fucking liquor stores, you know, make sure the locks are on, you know, drive by the 7-Eleven, <laughs> say hi to people? I don't have a problem with that. But this fucking Dirty Harry Batman act is bullshit. Um... Let's go over here to Todd. Todd, you're in California. You're on Runafest. Yeah, I just, I'm actually working right now, and I'm, I'm filling it for you guys because we get these calls from these guys every single day, and they call nonstop about suspicious characters. And we know as the cops showing up that it's all bullshit. And it, it's just unbelievable. We have an insurance agent that chases guys around just like this with a gun, and he has no idea what he's doing. Now, as a police officer... You're saying that these guys are just in your way more than any help at all? Uh, absolutely, because uh, honestly, we don't stress the whole, oh, he's suspicious. It's, right. You know, and as you guys call, we have numbers, we call it 925. We don't, we don't really, it's no big deal. Oh, boy, a guy's walking down the street. Normally, it's just a guy walking down the street. But right. these guys that are all amped up chasing these guys, and they always amp up the situations. To, it doesn't need to go that way. It's really gotten odd in America that outside of the cities, when you do walk, you look like a crazy person. Um, Kathleen uh, from the Bronx, when we lived in Virginia, she used to walk everywhere, and people would peek out their windows. Like, why is at, someone Yeah, like, walking? why is someone walking? That's fucking weird. Yeah, they don't understand walking. Now, you can go to Chicago, San Francisco, you can be a walker, but if you're not walking, like, at 7 o'clock in the morning in a jogging outfit, everybody's like, what is this dude up to? He's the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. For example, two days ago, I got dispatched to two guys kissing. Why am I getting dispatched to... Is that against the law? Or is this right. a no. team? Am I supposed to go break them up from kissing? Heinous no, crime. You know? Hey, 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 hey. Stop that kissing. What are you doing over there? <laughs> All right. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say to those guys, but it's ridiculous. All right, thanks, Todd. Um, right. That's uh, Todd, a police officer in California. And he's saying he'd rather those people not help out at all. That they have a police department. Just leave the nine two fives to their own. <laughs> uh, right? I'd like to report these two guys kissing. Um, and one of them is my brother. I'm just really weirded out by it. <laughs> Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, listen. Uh, my name's Tim. I'm a cop in Philly. And the reason why I called the comment was you guys made a comment a couple of minutes ago about, uh, about local politicians and such, like how, right. they, how, how we, we let them go. You know, we'll let somebody go if they're, like, a contributor. Right. That might be so for the higher-ups, but the street-level guys, like myself, I have experience with something where there was a local politician who got involved in something where he wasn't supposed to, and we actually locked him up. And a couple of the guys that I know 
The only thing that wound up happening to him was is the higher ups in the police department sat him on the bench for about a year and basically like, you know, took their guns from them and all that stuff and investigated them for what internal affairs found out later on was totally justified more arrest. Local politician completely and utterly walked away from it and the only thing that happened was is the cop got suspended and transferred for like a technicality. So So it can happen. But I mean I even then the fact that you guys are being hassled. Further. Yeah, you guys couldn't have been anything further than off base on that on that comment. Like as far as like, well, actually, I was talking more about small towns. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where there's, you know, two cops and they grew up with everybody. It's it certainly is a, a really different. You might be right as far as that goes. Yeah, like, I can say in big cities like Philadelphia and New York and Washington. Right. Don't even think about handcuffing a politician unless you want to. Uh, you know, you want to get shelved on a bench for, you know, a year or two. All right, thanks. So. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. Um, which is annoying as shit. That's depressing. It's annoying as shit. And that's why that French guy last year just thought that he could start fucking grabbing ass on a maid. Hell yeah, just fucking catch some brain real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go over here. Andrew, you're on a fez. Hello. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, listen, I got a feeling this is going to come out that this guy had a beef with this kid already. And and this was just an opportunity to go at this kid. Well, there's some guys that just fucking hate teenagers. You know what I mean? Like, I can get it because they're so loud and they skateboard and they fucking... Smoke their fucking yeah, they, cigarettes. Yeah, whatever they do. They just hang out. I remember even being in my fucking teens... Where guys would just fucking stop by the corner and act like, what's wrong with you fuckers? You get a fucking job. Well, this is my fucking job. Fucking standing here. I'm prepping myself for a fucking lifetime of talk radio. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, well. Don't fucking worry about it. This is my college. I'm getting a fucking master's in bullshit. Don't fucking worry about it. Start your fucking car. That's a pretty good answer. Uh, carry on. Um... Here's uh, Doug. Doug, you're on the Run Fez show. Hello, Ronnie. Good morning, Fezzy. Yeah. Hey, just to add to this, last week, early in the week, on Charlie Rose uh, with CBS in the morning, he interviewed this boy's father. And that boy was not from that area. He was actually, according to the piece, from Miami and was there staying with relatives to relax. So him walking around in the neighborhood looking suspicious is is very much like he's probably just walking around wondering where the hell did I just come from, right. trying to find the place he was going back to when this knucklehead for uh, the, the crime watch in the area there, you know, who has a beef with any kid, it sounds like, basically tracked this kid down and murdered him, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I am, until I am, until report fucking so, says differently... I'm leaning in the same exact thing. Now, I don't want to show up at this guy's house with fucking torches and drag him out in the street, but the state of Florida has got to fucking get involved here. they got to wake their asses up. Um, let's go over to Josh. Josh, you're on the Run and Fetish show. Hey, boys. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the difference. Uh, I live out here in Wyoming, and everybody has a gun. There's not even any concealed carry laws, nothing. The only law is that if you have a concealed weapon in your car and a cop pulls you over, you have to let the cop know that you have the gun. Otherwise, 
there's no laws. So it's interesting to see uh, exactly, you know, the, the, the big differences in, in where people are really strict on the guns and where they're not. We have literally no crime. People aren't shooting each other in the streets here. Um, but everybody carries well, a gun. You know, that's the thing. Back to that guy in Canada called. If I had a bazooka, this kid would be fucking safe. I mean, you... It's more like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude from day one? Not what he fucking killed him with. Now, I know a lot of anti-gun people, they feel better if there's no guns around. I get that. But is, this is the United States of America. It's not going to happen. You're going to fucking lose that vote because we've had it from the Second Amendment from fucking day one. Day one. So... You know, it's up there with the abortion laws where it keeps becoming the same bullshit thing. There'll always be a debate, right? Uh, the reality of it is, whether this guy had a gun or not, this did not seem like the case to use it. He did not need to fucking use it. He wasn't protecting himself or his home. He's out driving the fuck around looking for suspicious characters. He ran the fucking kid down and just fucking shot him. When he, when he was actually him. told from the fucking uh, beginning. Uh, not to. Uh, Robert, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, you know, this guy, I mean, I think we're getting caught up with him calling himself Neighborhood Watch or somebody labeling him as Neighborhood Watch. He's just a crazy guy, but uh, what do you think about, I mean, I'm in the city here, what do you think about, like, Guardian Angels? They're, they're more organized. Yeah, because this is what, 1983, where you see him everywhere? Hex, how often do you see Guardian Angel around? Once a year, if, if, if that, if yeah. that. And I'll say, holy shit, hell, they're still around? I'm yes, so surprised. you're always shocked. So, no, and, and the fact is... You know, the Guardian Angels, their fucking thing was they weren't allowed to carry weapons. No, they had, uh, no, they didn't have anything. B fucking blow a whistle or whatever. They, what they really would do was just fucking stand in between people. <laughs> but I never heard of a Guardian Angel killing anybody. Did that fucking happen? I don't think so. I don't think they ever fucking killed anybody. Walked anyone. around with those stupid fucking, uh, hats on. <laughs> um, let's go over here to, uh, James, Ohio. You're on my face. Hey, Ron, uh, when you were saying, like, if you live in a small town and you go out walking, you look crazy, since the weather's been really nice here in Ohio, I've been out, you know, trying to get a little exercise, walk around, and you walk down the street and everybody will come to the front door and just kind of peer at you a little bit. I went out this morning, I had the day off work, uh, went for a nice morning walk, and I had to walk by, like, some kids at a bus stop and felt like a creep, uh, you know, as everybody just... Yet. Yeah, you, you know? are a creep when you walk in the suburbs. There's no doubt yeah, about it. You either have to have a dog or a tracksuit or a stroller until like people will leave you alone. You Honestly, you just can't go out to smoke and walk around and have your thoughts. You do have to act like, I am pushing a baby while I jog and fucking pick up my dog shit. We're crazy in, this, in America. We're just fucking nuts now. We're just petrified of each other. Uh, Zeet says he has a spy report over here. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. What do you got, Zeet? ESPN. Spy, re spy report. Spy report. ESPN. Spy report. Come on, dude. ESPN. Spy report. Oh, I heard E, and then I couldn't hear anything oh, else. Okay. ESPN's Chris Mortensen is reporting that spy Pete report. Manning is going to the Denver Broncos. That's fucking hysterical. <laughs> Tim Tebow is. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Tebow's going to Jacksonville, where he belongs, in an empty stadium that he can fill up with his charisma. Tebowites. 
Yeah. I really thought I was getting excited for fucking Peyton to go to the Niners because they signed Randy Moss. I was actually petrified of Peyton going to the Niners. I thought they'd be him, stopping him. What the fuck? That would have been. Well, you know, this is just Morrison saying. Who knows if it's, you know, 100% true? Oh, wow. shit. 100% true. Who knows? Maybe it's like, some fucking smoke. Like Zeitz is ass. the crazy Zimmerman of fucking radio. That's right. Where he's just jumping to conclusions. I told you not to follow fucking Manning. Don't Zietz. make that report. What are you doing? Oh. By the way, another spy report. Spy report. Uh, a, there's a gorilla loose at the Buffalo Zoo. Oh, spy report. God. Spy report. Or a man in a gorilla suit. I'm not sure which one it is. Both are Spy report. Fine. Or one of Watley's na uh, relatives. Spy report. <laughs> spy report. If they're throwing dung. The silverback fucking Hillier family is running around somewhere in Buffalo. Your people are from that area, right? Yep, from Niagara Falls. Part of it, yep. Niagara Falls part of it. Craziness. I guess he's told his agent to begin negotiations with the Broncos, so that could still fall apart, but looks like the Broncos are the chop choice. Chop choice. Spy report. New food Spy network report. Spy report. I wonder why he wouldn't want the Niners. He hates winning, I guess, now, after the year off. He's... Well, you know what? Denver got to the fucking playoffs, and yeah. he is a guy. I mean, I can't imagine why he would want to stay in the game for any other reason than to go back to the Super Bowl. Another fucking ring. Yeah. That's what he needs. Then he could retire. It'd be great. He'd tie his brother. It'd be fucking all fine. Do you think that's what's pushing him? His brother's got that extra ring? I, I think so. He has. That has to be on his fucking head. I know the fucking mangs are all together to fucking all time. Why do you guys always stick together on everything? You and Fez, I noticed that. I asked you a question, he jumps in. Why can't you guys just be man to man with me? I'm always a man. I don't think, I think when you're good at something, right? Mm. To walk away from it and to know that all those skills that you had Entire aren't going to get used again except for the way Dan Marino uses them now on some fucking show that you're barely paying attention to them. Everybody's drinking while that show's on and those guys are fake laughing back and forth. But it's got to kill you. It's got to kill you to go, I know I could do something really fucking well. And I've studied my whole life and now it's gone. And his life's work just because of his neck deteriorating to the point yeah, where it's just He just feels thick. like he's got more to do. I think he did the same thing his senior year in college, where he came back just because he thought he was going to get handed the Heisman. So they're going to hand him the Super Bowl trophy? I don't think they do that. I think he's going to have to win. I think he's going to have to win it. Now we're back to... I noticed now we're back to fucking hating Pan, uh, Peyton as soon as he's made a choice. The member in college, they treat one of the Heisman, handed it to him. Not earn it. Hand it to him. I still love Peyton. I don't care. Did you always love him? No, only after this did I really yeah. start to like him. I was like, I, fucking Ursay's maybe. He just got me into Ursay hate. I decided all my cold hate was just Ursay hate. I'm just really nervous for him. Like, I know they say his neck is fine, but I'm just, I, I'm worried that. It's can I tell you something? You should be nervous for every one of those guys, every fucking play, because they can all fucking have their necks destroyed. That? That's why they make pussier and pussier fucking rules in that league. They ought to have fucking Zimmerman just somewhere in the fucking. <laughs> Fucking backfield. <laughs> Every time he thinks there's a bad hit, he just guns the fucker down. God, Florida. What has happened to you, Florida? You just became fucking bad shit. Yeah, but they're getting TiVo back now, you would assume, so that's good. I, I just don't, I don't know whether there's any other place for him to play because he's a local in Jacksonville 
and the Jacksonville Stadium is they've actually used like tarp to cover up the the things like you can't tell that it's not a sellout. That's fucked the, up. The Jaguars even had Tim Tebow Day last year, and he doesn't fucking play for them. Well, everybody said from the beginning they should draft him. We were all shocked when they didn't. But again, we were also shocked when the Broncos took him at the end of the first round. I mean, that seems stupid. I think they took him like 10th. It wasn't even at the end. Oh, I thought it was further towards the end. Why don't you look that up for me? If I was in Denver right now, I would say to Tebow, congratulations, you're our new fullback. You're right. Now, you fucking bring up quarterback again, and I'm going to cut your fingers off. You are the new fullback. 25th, he was drafted overall. Did they trade to get that draft pick, though? I think they traded up to get the pick. Why don't you look at these things before you come up with these theories that don't fucking pay off? See, it's... Do a little bit of fucking research, Zito. <laughs> Jesus Christ, look into something for once. No, I just have a feeling. It doesn't, doesn't work. As Fez, they go to fucking Live League for you. Fucking run this shit down. Okay, yes, they did trade for the pick. from. They got it from Baltimore. <laughs> Why can't you call it Baltimore? Okay, Baltimore. What about B-more? Right. B-more. I would fucking tell Tebow right now, get used to short yardage. I'm going to give you Allstott's number, and you're the fucking brand new Allstott. You're the A-train. <laughs> he should have gone out with Kardashian when he had the chance. He fucked up there. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't want to just see what it's like is a fucking, that has the opportunity. Yeah, might as well, yeah. Him and that um, Linsanity. Who's fallen back into the cracks. Mm-hmm. But even though the fucking Knicks are on a three-game winning streak, <laughs> Thunder Woodson. The fuck? D'Antoni, what yeah, the hell is he doing? You can't bet on anything. <laughs> it's fucked. Who keeps going into there waving to you, Zietz? Uh, I, no one just waved to me now. Those are just... I have no idea who that is. Uh, before, it was Stanley T from the morning mashup. Stanley T. Man, fucking walking around. He looks suspicious. I was ready to have Hicks put two yeah. in him. <laughs> What are we going to do? Fucking shoot everybody from Shade 45 who looks like they're taking a stroll? Looks like they're on drugs, Ron. I think that could be an HR issue. Why? Self-defense. And we won't make any 911 calls, so fucking use against us. <laughs> Only this broadcast. Um, Brad, you're on the run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, this is a dumb we've got in suburban America. Uh, last spring, I was taking pictures of my grass as it was greening to kind of monitor the weeds or whatever. I know it sounds stupid, but anyways, about 15 minutes later, I got cops knocking on my door. Apparently, the neighborhood there, the neighbor kid, told their parents that I was taking pictures of them. So they didn't even they didn't even come and ask me or talk to me or anything. They just boom went off and called the freaking cops on me. You should have called the cops so, on you for taking pictures of your grass. Yeah. Because they, their kids were playing next door, and they told their parents that they were taking pictures of it, that I was taking pictures of them. We've gotten nuts, seriously. Yeah. I think it makes more sense to not tell, ask him first, because then he would delete the photos before the cops came. Delete photos of what? Their children that he was clearly sexually attracted to. See, that just doesn't make sense. First of all, I don't even think that that's illegal. You can take pictures, or else we'd fucking arrest paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Beaver gets fucking killed with it. 
Uh, Bieber, they're fucking chasing him down. Those little Olsen twins couldn't go anywhere. Oh, hell no. Uh, Madonna's got a brand new fucking rock tune out. Fuck yeah. And she is edgy, my friend. She is edgy. Now, Madonna, if you don't know, she's before Gaga, but after Cher. So, this is Madonna's new song. What's it called? I fucked up. I fucked up. That goes to show how edgy she is. Now, Zeets is my fucking pop music connoisseur. So, I want you to let me know whether this is going to get any fucking play, Zeets. Hit me with it. I fucked up. I made a so far, it's not going to be good for terrestrial. Nobody does it, better than it already sounds like a lullaby anyway. Sounds like a fucking Casio to me. It's really bad, right? Sounds like a middle school music teacher that didn't quite make it and like recorded a demo. And this is what it would be. The only part I like is when she says I fucked up. I think she should have kept going. My nipples ache. My pussy's wet. My asshole burns. My clit is out. It's filled with blood. I'm gonna come. I'm squirting. <laughs> come on my asshole. Come on my tits. Gonna get gonna come. Come in my whore mouth. I miss Chopin. I don't like this version, but I really like the Ron and Pepper remix. Yeah, I know. We should remix this shit. Put it out right away. Pick a dubstep version for the kids. I'll tell you. I mean, at some fucking point, we've just quit in this country. The fact that people still pay attention to her, and she thinks she's edgy for I fucked up. That's all she has left. She has to try to get the gaze back from uh, Gaga, because I think Gaga has a very strong hold on them. Because did Madonna ever have like a fucking nickname for her fans, or was? Or... Yeah, they were wannabes. Okay. But that was only in the very early days. They were wannabes. You never heard the term wannabe before Madonna. Now. When you said get the fucking gays back, Rufus uh, Wainwright was like, gay people have got to stop this, following straight women around <laughs> and act like they're our gods. That's fucking awesome. That's hysterical. I, I'm, it is hard to remember, but at one point in our country's history, gays were considered hip. And they were the artists that were bringing the stuff. They weren't all sitting around watching really bad TV shows, making a big thing about fucking Betty White. Oh, but see, she's old, but you know she's great too. She's like fabulous. But enough, seriously, seriously, enough with all this. She was a golden stuff. girl. It's just fucking insane. Did you see her on Saturday Night Live? Um, somebody wrote to us about Fez's uh, wanting to cross dress by wearing pantsuits, old lady pantsuits. And saying, um, Fez that thinks that he wants to dress like a woman who dresses like a man. Why not just start dressing in men's suits on a regular basis? Oh, that looked dashing. Um, then it says, knitted police, you could be slightly attractive. 
and fought, and fought the fact that he has some cash to the other oh float maybe he means the cash he has some cash to other homosexual men I guess homosexuals are very interested in somebody that will fucking spend a little monies on them alright they're always looking for that sugar daddy and sugar walls for their sugar walls I think that goes for a lot of people well, men don't look for fucking women with money because it's almost fucking impossible. <laughs> I mean, you can look for somebody after their husband dies, you know. But like, if you're a young dude and your chick has money, that dad immediately looks at you like you're fucking a waste and a fucking, you know, you're in goodbye Columbus territory. We gotta make the money. Yeah. I fucked up. Got a dildo in my ass, gargling. Cum. Dude, by the way, did you fucking see the Kenny Powers get together last night? I saw it. Yeah, I caught it last <laughs> he night. He did. He, I'm, in, I'm in the ass to ass scene. <laughs> it's like I'm fucking watching right before a dream. I'm in the ass to ass scene. My kid is the dildo, and I'm both asses. I was fucking screaming. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. I was like, what now, the fuck? Here's the part. I'm so fucking glad I didn't know any spoilers. But when they were going to see his mom and they were moving through, I was actually in my house screaming to myself, who's it going to be? I, I know it's going to be a fucking... Be oh, Roseanne would have been perfect. It's going to be Roseanne. It has to be. Oh, shit. Very surprising. I don't know why no one ever gets a fucking listening party for that going on the iBang. That's what should be going down. Instead of the constant love that you have for... I don't even know. What show do they watch? Walking Zombies. Dead. A Walking Dead. Enough with The Walking Dead. People love I don't it. even want to hear about it till next year. Good. I fucked up. Jerking cops. That was a great episode. You know what's funny? Not all of it was. There was some of it that I felt like was kind of shitty. And then other parts of it I was dying. I like li my. All right. Spoiler. Turn the fucking channel off. If you haven't seen it yet. But the... Stevie, do you have cancer? When fucking Roland said that to him? <laughs> Roland is fucking kills me on there. How do you get that fucking roll? <laughs> it's fucking great. Or also, I like when uh, fucking he's he's talking to Stevie about cheating or whatever in the in the tent. He's like, yeah. just, be, just be a baller and don't fucking tell anybody. <laughs> you don't have what I have to be able to pull this off. And not feel any guilt. <laughs> Maybe said that the girlfriend went to the Russians party, though. I hate that fucking asshole. Uh, Kathleen from the Bronx wrote to me that it's so true. In all Virginia, when she would walk around, um, that people would watch her. That's why she's glad that she's in Philly now. Because she can fucking stroll the streets in, in peace. Good. You deserve it. She's actually... I mean, she's still below 50% fucking suspicious level. But she's not the most suspicious person in Philly. Oh, no. In Virginia, she would be. Oh, yeah, she's 925 all over the yeah. place. A couple people would fucking call it on her and Bri Bri just for going to the mall in an 18-wheeler. <coughs> Pull off the back. I fucked up. I choked on a big cock. <laughs> Popping my titties out. Play with them. Bleach my asshole. Do you think she did? Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want anybody bothers. She wants it looks it. nicer, I guess. Who wants a white asshole? Looks like you're fucking shit in nineteen seventies dog poop. That's one albino asshole. 
Yeah. You never hear a guy like, oh man, my chick has just got the fucking whitest asshole. Dude, you wouldn't so believe it. So fucking hot. <laughs> How long before you think they're bleaching their fucking pussies white? Mm-hmm. These my, fucking women, they never stop. My pussy lips are too weird. dark. The bunch of pussy white, because like, there's you know a whole industry of porn you know, on the pink thing. They'd have to change that whole fetish. That's what they're looking to do. Donna's too muscly. She's like weird muscly. It's weird. She's got Iggy Pop's body. <laughs> well, she's on a macrobiotic diet or some shit. Is that right? I believe so. Oh, she's fucking creepy looking. Bill from New Jersey's got... Spy report. Big ass. Big ass my buddy. Hey, buddy. Hoo-ah! Roddy B, it's been hard to call in since last October, and uh, this call doesn't make it any easier. Uh, our fight films have definitely uh, back to see a specialist on his right knee. Yeah, um, you know, you start to get to a place, Bill, where the window is closing, and no one in Philly realizes that at the time, but, you know, you get a very short period. You know, you get three, four, five years tops with yeah. a short time. Well, at least we got the humongous universe in gold. Briz Gallops is uh, kicking some ass right now for the flybys. All right, my brother. Peace. Peace. He just fucking believes. He's one of those fucking Philadelphia people. My dad's another one. He just... Uh, t yesterday was my father's birthday. I don't know what he is, like... Some ungodly number, like 85, 86, some crazy number. So after I talk to him, we have a nice talk. He calls me later in the day to bust my balls about Obama. What? He had some crazy stories someone back. told him that you got to pay big money to get into the White House if you're a regular citizen. I'm like, I didn't even know you could still get in. When I was living in Virginia, you couldn't. Then finally, I'm like, look, dude, I'm not running Obama's campaign. I don't know why you got it in your head. Every time you got a fucking problem with this guy, you got to buzz me, start fucking busting my balls. <laughs> I live in New York. No Republicans going to swing this fucking thing. Oh, no. Don't worry how I vote. Don't even fucking situate yourself. Well, I must have been really worked up over this. He's really fucking funny. But I'll tell you, here's the old thing uh, about my old man. And he does. He pretty much lives in the fucking country. He lives down there in Chesapeake Bay. He could walk in here and do fucking show topics like this. <laughs> and he's in his mid-80s, and he's got an opinion on everything. Nice. And he's ready to fucking act like... You and your retarded people don't see it the way I do because you're all stupid. <laughs> He's funny as shit, man. He is funny as hell. You got to be ready to go with that fucking guy. You've got to have your information ready. He'll bust your ass? Yeah. It's great. Oh, he's managing the goddamn Phillies out of his fucking <laughs> his house. Maybe he should play fantasy baseball. No, you know what? He doesn't like fantasy stuff. Okay. He likes baseball. All right. He's just like, okay. He likes the game. That game. But we can draft players from all the teams. He thinks that that's fucking effeminate. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand it. Fantasy baseball is way too intense anyway. It's every day. It's like, it's like, it's fucking blowing I'm telling you, he's fucking, it's like he was the GM of the Phillies. He watches 162 games before we get into the playoffs. He watches Shit. every game. Uh, Ryan in Florida, you're on fence. Speaking of your beloved Phillies, I'm actually first day of spring break, 82 degrees, got the little one. 
and to see the Phillies uh, versus the Tigers. So. Here's the problem for you, though, Ryan. You can't fucking bust our balls like you did about weather because it's 74 here today. Normally, like when you would be down at a, a Phil's game, they would always go, oh, and today in Philadelphia it's 42 degrees and <laughs> raining, and everybody would clap. Yeah, we're Now here. it's just it's nice because something has happened to the planet, and it's spun out of its orbit. What? And we're now 2,000 miles closer to the sun than we've ever been. That's why it's so warm? Yeah. We should organize something to get off the planet then because we're not going to last much longer. I don't know, dude. We can move to the fucking moon. I fucked up. I bit that on a cock. <laughs> Punch me in the face. Uh, Vinny, Staten Island, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie, did your old man pine for the athletics back in the old days when they used to be the Philadelphia Uh My dad used to go to those games. He used to go to athletics games. He used to, he used to, and what year was that? You know, that oh, was like man. crazy, but um, he goes back. God damn. He saw Negro League games, too. Holy shit. He likes all sports, but he loves baseball. He loves baseball crazy. To watch 162 games. That's fucking intense. That's his life, though. You know what I mean? Like, he sits down in front of it. He watches the games. He doesn't, you know, scream about it or whatever. He could fucking sit there and tell you who's got a hitch in their swing. God I mean, damn. seriously, he can scout. start scouting. <laughs> he can start scouting. <laughs> Uh, Robbie just wrote to me that uh, that porn chicks do bleach their lips. Doesn't that hurt their pussy? I mean, it's fucking bleach. Women hurt themselves for their body all the time. Guess. You don't even have to fucking guess. Just the, know just it. Just pouring the bleach all over your fucking cooch. No, that's not the way they do oh. it. They're not just fucking pouring fucking straight Clorox down their vagina. All right, now I feel better. What I got to do to bring you into this big cat? Um, well, what I do? Live leak this? No. What do we need? What's the big story for Big Fez Watley? Pantsuits? No. What do you got? Well, on the IB wire, uh, the two men that were thrown out of the Santorum rally. Mittens? No, Santorum. Santa? I guess that's what they're calling him. Uh, that video is on the IB wire. Uh, two guys who interrupted a uh, Rick Santorum rally by kissing. And then uh, the crowd went into a very patriotic chant. Well, first of all, they interrupted the fucking rally, which is, in my opinion, always stupid. You're not pulling people to your cause when you do that, well, you know? Well, if you're throwing glitter at them, though. Like... See, that's the thing. I just don't think you're helping. <laughs> All right, let's go over and watch a little bit of this. Do we know where they're at the point? They're the ones that are the ones who are to, to allocate the resources of this country. Let's check. Let's do it.
right. So these two dudes get up and start mic checking, and then they kiss each other to freak the squares. And you're on their side, Fez? Yeah, I'm on their side. Because it's this crowd, the Santorum crowd, starts chanting USA, USA, as they're being taken out of the place, like they are the Iron Sheik in wrestling. Well, how come they left so easy, then? I got news for you. I'm looking at Hippie in a hockey shirt, making out with the other poorly dressed dude. I'm going to tell you right now, these fucking guys aren't gay. That is the least gay fucking lip lock in history. That's just a couple of guys trying to piss off. Like, what's the weird thing that we can do? No, these guys are definitely straight. That There's no fucking way. There's no way they're gay. I feel like gay men don't have, like, long hair like this guy does. And, like, I don't know. This guy is dressed way too comfortable to be gay. Both of them look like shit. Maybe he's just a gay guy who really enjoys hockey. Uh, he would be the first, then. First of all, I don't even see the guys with their fuck. He doesn't enjoy hockey. He enjoys a comfortable shirt. I think this girl in the purple shirt next to him, is gra who's grabbing his arm, is his girlfriend, too. I agree. Yeah, look, she's holding on Yeah, to she's him. with him. And I think they just did that, like, hey, what's the weird thing that we could do to piss people off? Because it doesn't even look like a tongue kiss. It looks like two guys pressing their faces together. Oh, yeah. Are you getting turned on? <laughs> the bigger guy was really going, and he didn't want to break up the kiss. Uh, Nate, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I think Fez misheard them. They were chanting USA. What were they chanting? You are gay. You are gay. Well, these guys did not do this for any reason other than get a fucking rise out of people, though. I mean, obviously, they're not going to turn Centaurum. And what is the point of interrupting his speech to do a male-on-male -male kiss? It's just ball-busting. I mean, this is this, you know, your whole thing about, oh, you know, gay people have a, whatever. But don't stand up and do it in front of me when I'm watching a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is movie time. If you go to this fucking event, this is Rick Santorum's time. He's fucking paying for that place, the security, the microphone. All these people showed up to see that. So when you interrupt that act, you can't get mad that the people there are just acting like you're an asshole. Well, it's, I can understand them being put out of the place, being shown the door. But the USA chant, if you want to live in a place where men can't kiss each other and express their feelings, you're chanting the wrong country. They really should have been chanting, Iran, Iran. So you're getting mad that a chant that broke out wasn't politically correct, rather than the fact that maybe they were fucking chanting USA because they feel like they're going for a better America or whatever, and has nothing to do with whether these guys were kissing or not. But we're here for the USA, not just to interrupt this. I don't think that this was, hey, if two guys get up and start kissing, let's make sure we chant USA at them. I think what their, their USA is trying to say who they are. If you notice, Santorum is talking in front of a big giant flag. Oh, the flag is just gigantic there. It's huge. You got a problem with that? No, it's just You don't like, like a patent flag? No, it's like whoever has the biggest flag wins. I guess they're the most patriotic. The NFL fucking kicks everyone's ass. 
Yeah, they have one that needs to be fun, that's a hundred yards. Yeah, this thing's why. Like, How would you like 50? like work in like a fly company? You get a call from the NFL, and you're like, uh, "Wait, you want a hundred yard flag?" And how wide? Just like six feet wide? Oh, no, 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 no. You want another 40 yards wide. Uh, you're going to have to put some money down on this because I'm not going to. Because if you don't show up for this flag, I can't resell it anywhere. <laughs> you need 32 of them? Um, can't go to the Arena League. Their fields aren't big enough. You have to take it. Let's go over here to Craig. Craig, you're on Run Fez. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Fezzy, yeah. if. if I went to say in a gay rally, like, and made some heterosexual, uh, like, uh, outreach of some sort to kind of interrupt what you guys were doing. You don't think I'd be thrown out, and there'd be some sort of chance, like, well, you know? You're not good. Like Fez there said, whoever has the biggest flag wins. So in that case, flag, flag. <laughs> oh, they're all flags. I'm talking flag. about his giant flag. Hmm. Oh. That changes the context of this whole thing. I fucked up. My flag was way too small. Juggling balls. Don't they chant USA at these rallies anyway? Because I saw them chanting before when someone interrupted Sarah Palin. Uh, James, you're on the Running Fez show. Yeah, Ron, that was going to be my point, actually. If you see some of these uh, political rallies, um, whenever someone stands up and interrupts, they always wind up chanting USA just to drown out the noise, just literally to, to drown them out, not to, you know, be pro-USA. It's just kind of a generic standard chant that they do. You didn't know about that, Fez? No, I didn't know about that. And these guys were talking shit. It just seems shit. inappropriate in this one. At the beginning of it, right before they were kissing, like in the bottom left corner, you could see them just like yelling things at Santorum before they start making out. Well, what's kind of funny is like when they're taking them out, look how the old lady has to point at... Her fucking husband. And they're sitting right there like that's where the, the noise is coming from. Watch like right behind them. <laughs> See that woman like right there. There they are. Six inches from us. <laughs> I knew they were trouble when they came in when Hippie in a hockey shirt acted like I was in his seat. Unbelievable. So what would you like to see happen when these gays interrupted somebody's speech? That everybody starts to clap and went like this. We accept you. We, we accept, accept you. One of us. One of us. Here comes Mittens. Here comes Lively. One of us. One of us. Goobble gobble. Goobble gobble. It's not goobble gobble. Whatever. I forget. Are you fucking... I'm burnt. What, what did you do all weekend? High in? A lot of high in... A lot of high end. I just, I really want, I almost had a fucking drink on St. Patty's Day, but I stopped myself. But I was like, all right, I need to do something. Google gobble. So your way of sobriety is just smoking a lot of weed. It's the first time I actually did that in fucking four weeks or whatever. I, I've been sober, going sober the entire straight. I was like, fuck it, I need to do Are you something. white knuckling now? Is it hard? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard when you're an alcoholic <laughs> and you don't get your medicine. <laughs> By the way, because these two gay guys that they chanted at, uh -huh. when they left there, they jumped off the George Washington Bridge. Oh. Oh, because they got on videotape? Yeah. It was on video their kiss was on videotape. Fuck. I hope that lady gets put away who was pointing. <laughs> <laughs> the lady who's been put away is having her arms cut off. <laughs> uh. 
Now, see, this guy's getting some good video of his buddy to the right of him. Why isn't that up on YouTube? Come on. Because somebody else has already fucking beat him to it, and that's the fucking problem. Come on, this is a hotter ankle. <laughs> <laughs> You're seriously so gay anymore. <laughs> Do you think the hockey shirt homosexuals is going to be a big voting block this year? I don't know. It depends on what Rangers do. At least in New York. <laughs> the Rangers had a homecoming at a gay club late last night. <laughs> Watch how quick Zitz is going to bring up the fucking Apollo gig. No. Hey, you remember that, Ron? <laughs> it was great, right? I saw this thing where they, in the Hollywood hypocrites, they're fucking really nailing um, Springsteen because they call him a tax evader. Oh, shit. Because he gets some kind of break on his farm. All right. His 200 acre farm. One percenter, baby. Making that money. <laughs> well, they're saying because he's against the one percenters. <laughs> that doesn't really make him come off so good. <laughs> I don't think you're a tax evader if you pay your taxes, though. Even if the taxes are really small. Yeah, you got your loopholes or whatever, right? And right. Then you're just using the system, keeping all your monies. Also, John Clayton's reporting a rumor that Tim Tebow is going to be traded to the Patriots. That would be fucking perfect. Yes. Because Josh McDaniels is there. John Clayton's crazy old man. <laughs> he ain't going to sell any fucking tickets in New England. But if they brought him in, I guarantee you, a fucker would be playing some fullback. Yeah. Do you think as the years go by, Zito's going to have it like he booked the Apollo gig? Yep. Oh yeah, oh definitely. I'm I'm already inflating my role. That's when I said, Springsteen, look at me. You've played every club in the world, but you did not play the most famous club in the history of soul, jazz, and blues. And the Apollo. And when he looked at me and said, "I can't play Tenth Ave tonight," I said, "Bruce, you gotta. You will play it, and you will point at Tenth Avenue when it happens." <laughs> or ass, Springsteen. Don't cover. I fucked up. Um, Tom, you're on I want to stand up for the mighty Peppy Hamburger. He's absolutely right. It is Google gobble, Google gobble. We accept you, one of us. Yes, free. but that's not what Egg said. No. He said hey. Google, Google, some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but he did not say the correct thing from Freaks. Yes, he did. <laughs> no, we didn't. You can fucking play go back, back and play it. You play it back. I I'm not going to fucking waste Zeet's time. Go on his light. Play it back, Thank dude. Zeet's is too busy to fucking booking. Uh, all kinds of gigs right now. Yeah. What's your next big uh, booking? Have I, you decided? Not yet. Is it the Stones? What a gigger. I don't know what the next Stones at the is. Apollo? I, you know, who knows what could happen. Mm. Come on, man. What about my thing of, like, the fucking inventors of rock and roll? We sick. bring them all together. You get Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, all the survivors. I just fucking announced this is your last time to see these people alive. We're killing them at the end of the show. Oh, my God. Because they used to tour with those kind of Alan Freed shows like that. Yeah, they're all together, right? And the yeah. bus, is, bus is just going all over the country. Foul smoke. That'd be like really good publicity <laughs> for the company because they'd all play together, but then bad when we killed them at the end of the show. So what? Everybody will act like that's where they wanted to die. Exactly. On stage. Doing what they loved. The satellite radio company decided they were done. 
Why do you always got to look for the negative in PR instead of the positive? It'd be great. We would have their last performances together. Our buddy Mikey Boy, his kids' school, the Anderson School, they're doing their big annual auction. And one of the items up for bid is a chance to come here to the Sirius XM Studios. You'll go to see a taping of Unmasked. Uh, hosted by Ron Bennington, of course. And then you get a tour of the facility from the openly gay Fez Watley. Your chance to get taken around the place by me, Fez. I'll show you the ins and outs of Sirius XM satellite radio. So when you said facility, you meant the building. Because you followed up with openly gay. I didn't know, you know. You know I don't know what you're talking about. He's in the middle of a live read. Oh, fuck. I know. He, go, he went from live leak to live read. What do you... What do people have to do to get taken around by you? Well, we'll have the link up on the iBang on Twitter, the, uh, at the iBang. The link will be up there. And if you bid on this and you're the winning bidder for the Anderson School auction, you can come here. We'll have a, an unmasked book for, uh, where you can come, and then I'll take you around afterwards. So just uh, we'll have the link up on the iBang, be the highest bidder, and that's how you win. I'm going to do that anyway. Plus, you got, we're gonna. Uh, there's also a gift certificate to Molly's Cupcakes in New York City. Live read out. Live read out. Live leak. Live leak in. Not live leak out. The uh, you brought up Molly's. You know, Bill the limo driver, right? That took care of uh, Dave that time. Mm -hmm. He's taking care of Mike today. A uh, little gig out there. Arctic Monkeys. Oh, shit. Black Keys. Wow. That's a fucking dope-ass show. Yeah. By the way, Black Keys are playing giant fucking places on this tour. They've Finally, nice. we have a rock and roll band that can sell out arenas. It's been a long time. It has been. And these guys have been around for a while. Tell hey. me about it, dude. And now Tell me the fuck I'm, about I'm it. Try, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> try it, motherfucker. But you keep, no. uh, keep yelling at me. <laughs> you had the spy report. <laughs> just when I'm starting to fucking say it. I'm just trying to try let you know. Oh. I think Are all you the putting a bid in? Sure. I'll put it in a bid. How much? How much a bid to be taken around by Fez Watley? 200 bucks. That's what I got right wow. now. Wow. 200. That's what I got. I think you're going to win this going away, dude. 200 bucks. Right there. That's Cash on the barrel head. That's right. Baller. Blackie sold out Madison Square Garden last week, I think it was, and they're coming back to do it again on Thursday. It's amazing. It's all the commercials and music on, too. Kevin, you're on my Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for Fezzy. Uh, does that uh, prize include airfare? And if I do win, will you take me up on the roof of the building? No, it doesn't include airfare. And if you do fly in, just look at the roof from the plane. Get it. All right, thanks, buddy. Why don't you take him up on the roof? I mean, since this is. Come on. It'd be special. All right. I'm still no first bidder yet. Right here, 200 bucks. Well, you got to put it in the fucking website. All right. You just can't fucking sit around like that. Hmm. I'm a bid, too. What are you going to underbid him? <laughs> yeah. That way, when Hicks is, don't have the 200, you'll be able to get by on your 75. 
Well, oh, I don't take calls from all the creditors. I guess a charity would become a creditor <laughs> too, right? <laughs> yeah, don't you're not gonna worry. Oh my bed. Uh, David, you're on the Run of show. Hey, what's up, buddies? Checking out the Black Keys tomorrow night in Cleveland. Give me an update, okay? I want to hear all about it. I'll be calling in. And also, didn't we do this tour thing a couple years ago? It didn't go very well, if I remember right. Well, this is another one of Fez's ideas, which is always the same idea that he's already done. <laughs> you got a Fez tutorial ready to go for them? No. Nope. I'd love to hear one. Well, well, well. I took these people on a tour. Are you really putting it in, Hicks? Good. <laughs> Fuck, I need a credit card? <laughs> Why use your debit card? Okay. Just put your credit card in as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'll never know the difference. Credit card number does not appear valid. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Hey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah, what do you got, buddy? How you doing? Um, I was wondering, uh, was your dad around for the for the Connie Mack Stadium? Yeah. Yeah, well, well here's, a funny, here's a funny fact about uh, that stadium. Um, you know why they call the stains the bleachers? Tell me. Uh, because your dad used to bleach people's assholes for 25 cents. It's crazy. <laughs> that doesn't... That's the fucking <laughs> longest place. <laughs> that's the longest fucking run to get to an old joke. I mean, not an old joke, but to get to a joke. And it doesn't even fucking... <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I mean, normally I can't be shocked with a fucking joke. <laughs> he fucked up. That's so fucking funny. You know why they call that the bleachers, right? Because your dad used to bleach people's assholes. <laughs> Tied it all together. Tied it all together. That's fucking hysterical. Um, here's our buddy Sean Pittsburgh. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. Hey, I uh, just want to comment on the uh, that piece going up in the uh, Terrabang last week on Friday, the right way to Pittsburgh. It was well done. Really uh, encapsulated it. A lot, I thought, of what the city, uh, what's going on in the city right now. Well, you know, we were talking about this. By the way, it's up on the, the right way. Pittsburgh is becoming, maybe for the first time in its history, hip. You know, actually, I think USA Today or somebody was calling like the New Portland, which is, you know, nothing. Yeah, I always thought it would be associated with Pittsburgh. I mean, I moved away when I was probably, I don't know, like, you know, 18 or 19 for college. Mm hmm. Never thought I'd come back, and then I ended up back here a few years ago, and I can't imagine being anywhere else now. I mean, it's amazing how much this place has turned around. Where Maybe. did you live uh, before? Well, actually, I lived in the suburbs. It wasn't like I was actually grew up in the city. So, oh. like, But when you moved away, where did you live? Oh, I went out west to uh, Phoenix. Uh, like, I went to school in Arizona, so I was out there for five or six years. So you really prefer Pittsburgh to live in, in the southwest? Undeniably. I never ever would have thought I would have said that when I left. So I never would have thought that. Tell me what's happening in Pittsburgh that's so cool right now. You know, it's it's the music scene, it's the art scene, it's, um, it's I guess, all those things you encapsulate with, you know, hipster culture without being, 
a bit pretentious at all. It's, it's genuine here. It's not. It's not. I, I can't really explain exactly how the mood of the scene, but it's it's genuine. It's earnest. People are excited about it here, and people are happy to live here right now. And it's it's cheap, fun. Everyone's. It's it's just a good time to be here, and you can feel it. And I, I stopped by there a couple of years ago, and I had a blast. Really, uh, there was uh, well after the Warhol Museum. Right. Opened up. It seemed like that kind of brought the art thing in. But you know, Carnegie Mellon has always been there, and always a lot of, you know, great people went to school there and then left. That was the problem, you know. Everyone left, and then yeah. now it seems like all my friends, one of my friends, went to CMU, and they're all in bands, and they're all they're staying here now. And the scene is, it's deep, man. The music scene is, it's got a lot of I me. Mean, this band's triggers meeting important people. One, two, three, Denora. These bands are they're talented, and they're going to go places and. They really support each other, and the scene is the scene is rad, man. It's it's cool. I like it here a lot right now. Um, now, is it all kind of sound like the same music, though? I mean, oh no, 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 not at all. I mean, see, like, that's hard to have like, a scene when there's not a sound to it. Because one of the things that worked for Seattle is there was a grunge sound, you know. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way to define a Pittsburgh sound necessarily, but other than that, it, it's energetic. It's exciting. It's uh, it's young. It's uh, it's smart. It's not. It's not pretentious. It's. It's something you want to be involved with when you're a part of it. It's one of those things. It's just you can feel something's going on here. Um. All right, man. What are some of the stuff that's up on the iBang right now? What are, I know, there's bands up there. There's restaurants. What else is happening in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I would say that a notable neighborhood, more so especially right now, is one of those towns, one of those uh, neighborhoods in the town, in the city, I should say. Yeah, that really is. Uh, it's, Totally taken over by independent artists and galleries and great bars and restaurants. Uh, Bloomfield's mm -hmm. kind of comparable to that. Um, the downtown area that offers what you know you'd expect in any metropolis, but I recommend staying in like the neighborhood areas, like uh, you said, Lawrence Hill, Bloomfield, Shady Side, Squirrel Hill, Greenock, Garfield. These are all the areas you want to be as far as where the cool stuff is. Where I want to stay is the neighborhood that they shot Wonder Boys in. That's a, that's actually in Oakland. Where that's a cool town. That's where CMU pit is. That's where all that stuff is. Yeah. Threw, this is like the new Vancouver man. They're shooting a film right now. Duvall's coming back next week with Christian Bale for a film. Uh, Matt Damon's back in April first. They shot Batman here over the summer. They're opening this brand new studio in the Strip District. It's supposed to be like to make Pittsburgh the new beacon for the new tax incentive and everything. But the uh, the new beacon for studio production. They're gonna make this huge facility. CMU's behind it. So it's a new scene, man. It's different. All right, my man. Uh, I'm going to look this over some more, and I'm going to talk to you about it later this week, okay? Yeah, please do. Please do. All right, talk to you later, Sean. It's Sean in Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh the right way, and here's the weird thing. Because already I see you got a fucking, you know, you got an eyebrow up, Hicks. You want to catch the scene before it gets overdone. Yeah. You don't want to go to Portland now, because guess what? Virginia already left Portland. Whoa. Yeah, she's down with LB Doss. She's fucking hanging out. In Long Beach, I just heard from her this morning. Wow. Fucking left that shit behind. Portlandia, I guess, blew that thing up too much, huh? She's in two Portlandias this year, too. <laughs> the wedding scene and then the last um, episode of the season, which I haven't seen yet. It's good. Um, let's go over to uh, Scott in Detroit. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. I, uh... I went to Grand Rapids, Michigan last night, and I photographed some of a photographer I shoot for Getty and Polestar, and I shot the Black Keys show with Arctic Monkeys, and I tell you what, I had to drive three hours one way, six hours round trip, worth every minute of it. Just an amazing show. So if you guys get a chance to go see them there in New York City, man, by all means, check mm -hmm. it out. 
Uh, all right, we'll do. All right, man, thank you. Uh, Zed says the spy report on Fez's tour right now. Spy report, spy report, spy report, spy report. Well, it seems that a bid has been made. A blue Hicks's away? It doubled Hicks's bid. I don't know if I compete with this kind of cash. Jay Kalinowski bid $400 for this tour. Whoa. Now, all the money is going to Mikey Boy's Habit, so that should be fantastic. What's going to his kid's school? Same thing. That's the code word. What's wrong with a public school? Why did Hicks just start crawling under the table? Does he have a stroke, or is he think that I can't find him? I looked away for a second. When I looked back, he was fucking gone, and I was very... I'm back. Oh, there he is. I'm okay. Here's JP. You're on the Run of Fest show. Barney B, there's a place in Pittsburgh, I spent a little time there, called Legume. It's their version of Blue Hill. It's ridiculous. And as a foodie, you should you should go. It's good. What's the name of it? Legume, like mm. what a bean is, like the family of vegetable or what a bean is, Legume, L-E-G-U-M-E. Um. The duck confit and the, uh, they got this fucking goat cheese thing that's good. I will tell you the truth. I never turn down duck. I don't care where I am. It's, why would you? That and pork belly. Don't ever do it. Ooh. Yeah, it's a mistake to turn down either one. It's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. And uh, the um, the uh, ostrich egg, no, emu egg pasta that they have at Blue Hill. They also have a version of that at Legume. It's outstanding. All right. Um, now you know. It was just a couple years ago we were talking about Philly bouncing back, and now here's Pittsburgh. And maybe there could be like a Philly versus Pittsburgh scene thing going on. Would be great. I say we make it happen. All right, peace. Peace. Uh, check out the iBang, Pittsburgh the right way. Um, let's go over here to uh, uh, Rob, our buddy in Florida. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, um, it just came out actually uh, like a week ago. The kid from Project X, uh, one of the nerds from there, he was on um, this bang bus for nerds, I guess, back in the day when he was like banging like three chicks. You know, the Project X is taking a huge amount of heat because they say kids are now throwing major parties because of this. Yeah, um, I read something about in Houston, Texas where some some kids were a giant party in a, a fucking mansion and someone just fired some shots. I think someone might have actually died. Haven't kids done this forever, though? Yeah, it's giant house parties. It's what fucking happens. There's plenty of movies where kids throw fucking house parties. I don't uh, know why Project X would fucking make people... That's stupid. I didn't see it. I don't know. I, there was a midget in a, uh oven. That was in the trailer. Yeah, that's, I mean, to me, it seems like it's been sitting around forever. You didn't know about it, dude? Yeah, I did. You didn't give me the heads up? Uh, no, I didn't. Thanks. It's about something else. It's not about you. Uh, Thanks. I'm worried. I'm, I'm on. Well, why do you got to worry? You're like that, you know what? Yeah. You, tr you act like Fez and I are your fucking parents that you can't trust, like when you were little. <laughs> Is it about me? What did I tell What? Maybe I can fix this. <laughs> Both you and Zeitz have this thing, and I think it's because you're uh, only children, but you feel the responsibility 
to fix chaos. I've noticed that's the only thing that you two have in common. I know when fucking shit was going down in my house, which yeah. was often, I felt like maybe I can stop them fighting. <laughs> maybe I can. The weirdest thing is, and you would not think that Zeitz or uh, fucking Hicks would have anything in common, but they do. If there is a problem, they both run at it. <laughs> this has to fucking be stopped. Yeah. Come on. There's got to be a way to get through this. Now, Fez is the third child, like myself, and he will ignore the problem or think, hey, what a fucked up problem. Those people are fucking idiots. Or I'm sure somebody else will fix this problem. Oh. I'm going to go on Live Leak. Let's be proactive. Um, well, this will make you happy, Zeitz. I got a very. A uh, nice fucking email here from a guy named William. How much he enjoyed the Mike Doty uh, interview the other day. And uh, we just put that up on the iBang. He was great in here. That was cool shit. He was. He was. I'll tell you, if there's one thing in life I wish I could do, it would be a songwriter. Well, and then a novelist and then a great painter. Those are the only ones. And a film director. Oh, those four things are pretty cool. Yeah. But I, if you could sit around and just write songs, I don't know how you'd ever be bored. And this guy's fucking into it. And just you could just tell from the fucking interview, that's his life. He was great. He's fucking great. Plus, I really do like people who came back from being drug addicts. People who stay being drug addicts, they're really annoying, though. They fucking just no. oh, end up fucking lifting everything from you. No. No. Then you both... How come... Um, now, Zietz, why do you feel this thing to fix every problem as soon as it happens? Like, why do you take responsibility for problems? I don't know. I guess I just like to be the guy that solves the problem. Or I feel like, especially when problems happen... In the show, I feel that as a producer... Yeah, I get that, but a lot of times you'll be like, Liam's upset, I've got to go. And I'm like, well, what do you fucking care about? No, I think I can work this out. You really... And Hicks is the same way. You guys hate to see other people in some kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I just, I guess I just like being thought of as, oh, that guy can fix my problem. You're a can-do guy, and you want to be seen that way. Now, Fez, how come you don't care when other people have problems? Um, I care. I just tend to panic more and not sure what to do. And I usually cause most of the problems. See, I don't care. I really, if um, I hear someone has a problem, I A, laugh, <laughs> and then B, change my wallet from my back pocket to my sock. So that I can immediately go, shit. Where is that? Shit. Uh, we got a spy report here. Spy report. Spy report. Mikey Boy's going to have a nice time for himself because the bidding is now up to $700. Nathan Levy. Thank you, Nathan. How you know it's not Levy? Maybe it is Levy. No. I've never heard of anyone with the last name Levy. I... Racist. Yes, From seems like somebody doesn't know his Jewish names. They're all the same to you, huh, Zietz, Right? I hope not, Zito. I hope thinks. this is a problem that you can fix. That's what he thinks. Okay. And practices. 
Drove my Chevy to the Levy, but the Levy was dry. I'm Mom, idiot. this was this was fucking Zeitz, his first day in New York. Mom, I met a Jew today. So excited. No, 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 they don't have tails. You're thinking of something else. So you would like to fix problems, but you panic. Right, yeah. So when some, like, a fix comes in and he says, has a problem... You start to panic, right? Right, yeah. Why would you panic? Well, I start, I, I, because I, the, what to do to solve the problem isn't coming right to me. Am I wrong here, or have we gone right back to where Fez, pre-coming out Fez was? Yeah, we're right there. Right. What do you think, what happened to the momentum? I think the three stents mm. were a bump in the road. I know you've been invited to be a guest over at um, at the Gay Channel, Alcio. Oh. How come you haven't done that yet? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know if I was ready for it or not. And don't go until you're ready. You think they're going to try to jump you and start saying stuff like, "Why did you wait so long?" Or like a gang type thing. Like, yeah. Like they beat you into gayness and they beat you off. That doesn't even sound the way that I meant to. Spy report. Spy report. What do you got? In an interesting move in the bidding war, Jay Kalinowski has now raised the price another $400 to $1,100. I'm starting to worry about this. I, I will stop bidding. <laughs> I will stop the bidding. Oh. This could be like one of those things where you find out like a Cheerio sells for a million dollars. These people... I'm Wait, I've never heard of this. <laughs> like on eBay, when shit just sells really high, and then they're like, oh, that person doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, that happens uh, whenever any new electronic equipment Now, comes out. party shots wrote to me about Pittsburgh, because it's up on the iBank. Last time I was there was uh, 40 years ago. There was a bar called Alexander Graham Bell's. Every table had a telephone. So if you saw a chick that you wanted to meet, you could call her table. wonder if it's still there after all this time. Well, there's the internet party shots just fucking look it up um that sounds like Mad Men when you would do shit like that nice that shit comes back this weekend <sighs> I don't care I got this other new crazy show I'm I'm gonna be locked in the Miami Beach one. Oh yeah that's about Miami Beach basically the same era as Mad Men but they're fucking killing it down there right yeah that sounds awesome what's it called Magic City or something Magic City well, I'm going to Magic City, gonna do some coke. <laughs> Sounds fun. I know. Here's the problem. If I did write songs, they would all just have drug references. <laughs> That's not wrong with that. I know. It worked out for Lou Reed. Shit. Mom, I met a Jew today on my first day in New York. And then I solved two problems, and everyone knows I'm a good guy now. They all love me, just like you do. Who would be better to solve your problems, the Zeets or Chris Stanley? I think Chris Stanley. Oh, shocking answer. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? Chris Stanley is a problem solver, though. And here's the other thing about Chris Stanley. He won't even bring it up to you. Chris Stanley is the type of person to take care of something before you come in. You don't even know it was a problem. And then you leave thinking that you did it well. Just everything going to work out all the time. 
Everything's gonna be all right. Here's your Coke. Sean Mullins? I can't find this Alexander Graham Bell bar. No, it's fucking... No bar stays open for 40 years. It'd have to be the fucking greatest bar in the world. You looking on Live Leaks Fest? No. See what they got. See if they got a fucking bar up there. I realize I'm a little late on this, but I realize also that I'll never have the opportunity to play it again. So sure, it's 99. <laughs> fucking play the shit out of this. Through big parties, everyone was there. We're all gonna hit the fucking hook together. It's our way of singing to baby Chris. You know there's a real story because it's too specific. Yeah, really. <laughs> she can't let go and she can't relax. And just before she hangs her head to cry, I sing to her a lullaby. Here we go. Hook this shit now. Everything's gonna be alright. Are you sure? Rockabye. Rockabye. Oh no. Everything's gonna be alright. Rock a bye. Rock a bye. That's right, it's Sean Mullins at the Apollo Theater. Wow, that's a follow up? Holy <laughs> shit. Another Mark Zito production. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think if you speak along with him, that's really gay. I think you gotta wait to the hook. If you start talking about Dennis Hopper with him, it's too strange. John Mullins on 93.3 The Crow. I was singing with the mic off in here like an idiot. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. It's hard to play a gig in this town. It's true, man. It seems like everybody's got a plan. It's kind of like Nashville with a tan. What? A little lighter. Come in soft, Sean. Look at Zeke singing. He's got no problems with this. Standing out his window thinking about that blonde girl. Oh, why'd you leave me? Everything's gonna be alright. Rock a It's 
really took an unexpected turn. Rockabye! Um, here's uh, Sean. Sean, you're on the run of first show. Hey, Ronnie, in Tampa, was it 93.3, the power pig, and the other station was the crow? No, we, we, Fez and I, when we rebooted, when we left the Ron and Ron show, and we went over to the other coast, we worked for the crow for a little while. They had, uh, I don't even think we were there a year. They had a very short, uh, playlist. It was alternative rock. Nice. And Soul Coughing was actually on there. With that fucking walk around in circles song, Jane's Addiction came up on a fucking daily basis. All right, hell yeah. But only Jane says nothing else. Oh, come on, it's and, al good and always the live fucking calypso version of it is <laughs> nightmarish. <laughs> Just nightmarish. Marcy's Playground was on that fucking list. Hey, I think Cake around. was on there. Which Cake song? The um, I'm. Running for speed, or the where he I'm going the, the distance. distance. Yeah. I'm going for speed. Cake just had a number one fucking record last year, and no one would believe it. Dallas. It was actually the least selling thing of any day, uh, any week in the history. <laughs> you know, they, they're like 75,000 and became number one. Good for Cake. Yeah. You know, they had to be fucking feeling good about it. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. Short skirt, long jacket was, I thought. I like that even better, too. Yeah, that's much better. I move it over. Move it over. Boy, the late 90s, as great as the early 90s were. It got weird. Yeah. Actually, when Fez and I did that gig, it was literally like the Myrtle Beach fucking deal. We literally lived that fucking life for a year. That's fucking dope. We were just cruising around the beach. You know everybody. Everybody, yeah. Everybody was. Everybody knew we weren't going to stay there long, and almost immediately we were talking to Jeremy where where we were going to go, but we. Had never done the show together, you know? Because yeah. it always played a producing role. So we were just like working on timing so we weren't, you know, fucking stepping on each other and shit. It was actually fun. I want a girl with the boogie board? Yeah. Hell yeah. Had a little fucking Jeep. You just drive right up to the beach there. You drive on the beach in Daytona. That's awesome. But everywhere you go, you know everybody, and everybody be like, hey, how come you didn't do this today? You know, it was fucking nuts. I always try to tell you guys, like, if you can get into fucking smaller market radio, 
it's really good to fucking start something new. You know, but you and fucking Dave refuse to leave market number one. You're like, no, we're the fucking best. <laughs> uh, Opie and I were telling Sam the same thing. He was like, fuck you, man. He really gave you guys the finger? Yeah, he was just fucking throwing fucking fingers up That's at us. That's not nice. You guys are giving good advice. Uh, Chris, Sherman Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I just noticed with the uh, post coming out, Fez, the new, the new Fez, he remembered a fairly obscure cake song when before he didn't know anything about music. Well, what? no, he doesn't know music, but he absolutely knows playlists. So Fez would always treat songs like a commercial, like here's the song that has oh, to run. Yeah. You know, and if you really go back to when we did any kind of music radio, you could go down that that fucking playlist and Fez will know those songs. Now, he won't have the emotional connection of somebody who likes music. But he'll recognize and identify them. Yes. If they were on our playlist, Fez would know. Yeah, There's they, no doubt. Fez knew some like blur songs once. I was like, what the fuck? How's yeah, if it, if it <laughs> showed up there. Yeah. And there's some obscure oh. stuff, stuff, you know. He knows the, the Dish Wallet fucking hit. But he's not going to go any deeper. Yeah. And like the Blur song was like a really short song. So I kind of yeah. like new times of where they would fit and stuff. The weird thing is there's a lot of fucking people in radio who think of music that way. That's in crazy. terms of just how long they are. And, you know, anyone who's ever done stuff knows shit. Here at the end of my show, I've got another... Two minutes and 45 seconds. So in their head, there's a fucking Rolodex of very short what songs song fit? that fit the format, too. Oof. They don't go outside the format. They just know it, you know, because they've been in that position before. Um, let's go over to Gary. You're on Fez. Hey, uh, Fez's voice sounds weird today. Does he have any cum in his butt? That's just ridiculous. Oh, Not yet, right, Fez? Not yet. Do you even meet anybody yet? No, I talked to some people over the weekend, but didn't really make a connection connection. Where did you talk to them at? I went to uh, some gay bars in the West Village on St. Patrick's Day afternoon. Mm, it has a drunk day, though. Yeah, everyone just blacked out, all fucking yeah. whacked. Alright, uh, here's, uh, here's Russ. Russ showed the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I was just listening oh. to Hicks sing with you guys. He's and good. He was singing something totally different. You should bring that contest back. I, that was the funniest thing. It was, it was really right. enjoyable. We'll take a break here, and we come back and sum along with X. There you go. Your chance right. to win big prize. I like that oh, shit. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll break. We'll come back. Hum along with X. It's the Ron Fez Show. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Run Effect Show. Uh, Hicks is drinking some Red Bull today. Yeah. Because you're feeling bad. Spill some out. There you go. 
okay. for a brother who dropped. The guy who invented Red Bull died. Chileo Uvidia, the Thai, guy, Thai pharmacist or businessman, scientist, who... Math dealer. Basically, who 30 years ago, I had no idea, fucking Red Bull's been around for 30 years. He's the guy who created it, died at the age of 89. And he used to be just like a Thai truck driver drink, but then he met some Dutch dude, and he marketed it to the rest of the world. He actually died 15 years ago, but his body kept walking the fuck around from all the Red Bull that he was fucking chugged. Fucking love Red Bull. You do? I love it. I love the taste of it. I love what it does to me. It's a fantastic product. And this, I don't get paid by Red Bull to say this. I genuinely enjoy it. I really feel like this is my fault, since I'm the one that supplies him with the box of Red Bull, that I've gotten him another vice that he probably didn't need. Where'd you get the boxes of Red Bull? They sent them to friends of mine here, and they don't use them anymore. Like They used to drink it, and they got sick of it, so I just yeah. give them all How the fucking Oh, you don't want to double down on Red Bulls, dude. Oh, my God. Juan will do it. Why are you chugging two Red Bulls? Because this my, my, my man died. The guy crazed no more. They're sugar free. Yeah, I need the taurine in it. <laughs> Whatever that is. You you drink so much taurine that your fucking penis is going to start dripping. <laughs> he drinks them. He drinks them warm too. The only person I know that does that. Yeah, this is uh, room temperature. He doesn't care. Not- he doesn't have the same things that a person has. That a human has. <laughs> All right, it's time. For you to win big prizes, what do we give away here, Fez? This is a CD signed by Michael Ian Black. It's his latest CD, Very Famous. That's very, very cool. Nice. That's actually really uh, strong. It's Hum Along with Hicks. Um, Get ready for this shit. So just give us a call, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I will give you the clue here. This is one of those songs that I'm sure is on Rolling Stones list, 500 list, top songs all time. I guess it could be considered a classic rock song. Uh, Hicks, get us started. Let's hum go. along with Hicks, calling and win 866 Ron Zero Fez. Hicks humming now. I can tell you, I picked this song and don't recognize it now. Zitz, you feel like you recognize it? I have. I have literally no idea what this is. Jimmy, Jimmy, can you guess what Hicks is humming? I have no idea. No idea what that man's humming. It's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm just going to jump in. What's Hicks humming? Hi, do you know what, what Hicks is humming? Roadhouse Blues. Not Roadhouse Blues. Hi, do you know what Hicks is humming? Is it Meet the Mets? Meet the Mets. Nice try, no. Morgan, do you know? No, no, I fucked up. All right, hand me this, and I'll just pull this out. Nothing? No one got it? 
What? No, no one got California girl. Now, hum along with this. Right? I don't right. know how he does his humming. You kind of Very well, it. but these people have shit for ears. Uh, we're trying to figure out what Hicks is humming. Uh, your chance, call in and win. I'm going to go up with a no one here, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised how weird it sounded. Um, I'm going to, I'll give away the hint right away. 90s song. All right. 90s song. All right. Wait. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Got it. signed on the um I what six whoops what six humming uh, I think it's called a place where elephants go to die No that's not it What six humming I know it What do you got um, Say it Zeets Yes. Yeah. He's a winner. But only fucking Zeno. Now, we'll give it away. That was the 90s? <laughs> it was like the weird better growl he did at one point. I thought I knew what it might be. And when he paused, I was like, I think that is the closest I can get. Are you really going to keep chugging these? It's for my man, Shaleu. But do you normally drink three in a row like this? Uh, I'll drink three the course of a day, but not like a triple shot right now. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take is we're gonna take this one to the '80s. Oh shit! This one we're gonna do an '80s it's hit. Old school. Yeah, and but we are staying, you know, radio hits. We're not <laughs> trying. We're not trying to fuck you people up. Um, that's the volume mm, on the mm, bottom. If you mm, need them. Mm, 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 mm. 866 Ron Zero Probably wouldn't be able to get it. No. Chris, you're on the Ron Fez show. Chris. Hi, you're on the Ron Fez show. Do you got an answer? Sorry. Uh, Chris. Hey, hey, uh, it's Chris. Nope. Uh, do you have uh, an answer? Yeah, I fucked up. Uh, Kevin, do you have an answer? Yeah, Z trying to hum. Get this fucking duct tape off my mouth. No, nice try, though. 
that really was great. <laughs> great bad radio, thanks. Well, fuck you! Are you wired? You don't know what you're doing? What? Why'd you yell fuck you? I thought I heard something. <laughs> don't say anything bad. Oh! <laughs> All right, hand it over. I'm sorry, I figure I think I feel like I'm giving this to these people. Seriously, seriously, Pepper. Seriously, fuck you. About that? <laughs> All right, you know what? That's the Red Bull talking. That Red Bull's got you anxious already. I feel very sweaty after drinking all these Red Bulls. <laughs> don't drink anymore, dude. Why, I don't know. I guess why are you pounding three? It tastes good. They really taste good. Sounds like somebody misses their alcohol. Yes! And is moving their addiction around. Or just really wants wings. <laughs> oh, boy. How is that? Take this hoodie off. Do you, what part of the song do you hum? Do you hum the vocal pattern or just like the shit in the background? Mix it up, baby. Come on. No, you can't mix it up. That's, that's what makes it difficult. <laughs> Why? You just want me to fucking open the prize closet and just fucking take a shovel and say, hey, everybody, no, here's yes. all our shit. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, we We want do that. you to make it, just do me this favor. Okay. Make it as easy as you possibly can this time because we haven't shoveled anything out of our prize closet today. Our prize closet is stuffed, and our fucking office is the worst one in this building. My corner's looking great. You do. You still care. I, I took the move as a fucking uh, way to, you know, make myself look better. What about you, Pantsuit? You want to go back to fucking being a guy who keeps a nice office, or you want to be a sloppy guy? No, I don't want to be sloppy guy. I, uh, I'll get my corner tidied up. I want it to be live leak pretty. All right, this one... I'm just going to say this. It's from a very famous movie. Okay? A very famous movie. Why everybody in the world knows it. Did you fuck it up? Unfortunately, you can't see him right now because it's from a very famous dance scene, and he's doing his own kind of hum to that. Um, Joshua, you're on Fez. Uh, lost you. Peter, you're on running Fez. I thought I, I heard a little Billy Don't Be a Hero, but that's really not a move. Nice try. No, sorry. Hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Do you have an answer? Ron and Fez show. Do you have an answer? Brian, do you have an answer? Yeah, Pepper Hicks killed the radio bit. Uh, John, do you have an answer? I don't know what he's talking, but I want to fuck him. Yeah, I know. Z, 
Vito, you look like you don't even have the slightest idea. No, I seriously like. I don't know what this could be. It sounds like not a real Mike, song. do you have an answer? Back in the middle again. What is the answer? Back in the middle again. Oh man! I know what it is. The now. problem is <laughs> you got the title wrong. Sponge Steve, do you have an answer? Stuck in the middle with you. Yes! Yeah! You're the winner! <laughs> Feel good about yourself! Woo! You're the big winner, dude. Live read, what do you got? Woo! He picked up a CD, a copy, a very famous the CD from Michael Ian Black, signed by Michael Ian Black. There's more fucking Red Bull in here. Mm -hmm. Seriously, dude, calm down on the fucking Red Bull. You're fucking spinning around here like you're Watley's fucking heart. <laughs> I like beverages. Hey, play the uh, food porn bit from the internet. Um, I think this is one that you found, right, Zitz? Yes, it is. Uh, this guy took, took a show on Food Network and pretty much uh, meticulously edited it together to make it sound like the woman was, well, uh, talking dirty to the viewer. Oh, it's Sam. up under uh, food porn, not safe for work, because you have to say that now. Yeah. Because people could get fired for a fucking funny video. NSFW. Although, I'm wondering why you could listen to us at work. All right. <laughs> Let's take a listen to this. Now, let's talk about nice, hard, creamy peanuts. And you know what? I'm going to have cock time right now. Mmm. Dick. And now, for the porn. Sounder. So, first I want to lay down on the counter, and what's going to happen is, I want to take just a moment, and I want to make myself nice and wet, and you know what else? I want to get my butt whipped with a nice wet paper towel, mm. and now I'm going to pull off your dick. But you know what? I always like to use that wonderful porn. Oh, gosh. Look at that. I love that, and I still love it to this day. Now, this is an English cucumber, and what's great about using these is that it's a great size. Look at that size. That is some good-looking dick. And I want to get this into my butt. And can I tell you, honey, this ass smells like heaven. Delicious. By the way, I've already pre-oiled my butt hole, and I keep a damp towel next to me so that I can use my fingers and then wipe them off because it's going to be difficult to get it out. It's another thing I love about this dick. Plus, can I just tell you, I can go all the way to the bottom and not make a mess of my nice, pretty pink. Whoop, whoop. But you know what? Now it's taste time. This is beautiful butt juice. And it's gonna taste like Mario was in your ass himself. Yum. Now I must tell you, it tastes a little bit like nice, big, beautiful dick. Woo! Smoking hot. <laughs> so you're giggling along like a child, Hicks. Yes, pretty much. And I don't know whether that's because you're all rocked the fuck up on Red Bull like it was day one Red Bull. <laughs> this is Sandra D. She's Governor Cuomo's um, girlfriend. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She likes big, tasty dick. Yeah, you know what? Now the governor's going to be mad at you. 
Fuck. Jeez. You think the governor's going, tell me who, who this asshole is. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt down, and I want to piss on the ashes. That's Cuomo. Just like his father. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. Did you see the, uh, the riot, the fucking Polish youth soccer thing, too? That's up on the iBank. You know, we feel like we've got bad, crazy fucking Little League parents in this country, but it's all around the world. They get nuts. Well, soccer's fucked. Well, soccer's just, just the normal adults are still fucking losing their shit, but oh my God. Just stupid, right? What the fuck? You shouldn't be lighting fires. That's It looks like a prison riot. Yeah, it's not going to do you much good to fucking play the audio in this. Uh, it's, it's just fucking nuttiness there. There's just a bunch of fucking parents up on the second level chanting with fucking fiery torches. This, it's a youth soccer league. <laughs> There's no reason for anyone to be fucking lighting fires. The kids seem to have fun, though. Tom Morello, the only person to get shut down at South by Southwest because he tried to do Occupy South by Southwest. Where was land for this? Uh, some arrest to uh, down in Zuccotti Park yesterday. Yeah, they were busting that thing up. Well, we finally get warm enough for the protesters to come back. If they were smart, they would let them freeze their fucking balls off all fucking winter instead of letting them go home, get warm. And then head back out there again. They released a statement like, thanks, the NYPD. This is great for our fundraising. There's a, uh, we've also put something up on the iBang that I'm going to finally get Hicks to go see a French film. Oh, good. Uh, this one is an NC-17. The Paris here in New York is going to carry it. I think it's called Ellis. And it's about a woman who's like doing a story on a couple of hookers and... Uh, gets all turned on by the whole thing. Oh, sexy. Starts to uh, want to be part of it herself. Wow, they turn her into a fucking prostitute? Yeah. It's pretty hot. I don't know whether she turns into one or she just starts acting like one. Oh. Do you do you find prostitutes attractive? Yeah, prostitutes can be attractive. Yeah, sure. From being on the East Coast, I've never gotten to that point because I only know chicken head prostitutes, Atlantic City prostitutes. The old Times Square prostitutes. I was in Atlantic City one time, and I'm not even fucking kidding you, where these ethnic prostitutes all but attempted me to pull me out of a car while I'm sitting there with a fucking chick. Jesus. And I'm like, you can say I ain't in a fucking prostitute state of mind. Get your fucking head out. They were like seagulls at the beach, how bad they got. Fuck. And it was a thing where it was at a time where everyone acted like you know, Atlantic City was really going to take off when all the things started to come in. But the prostitution got there way before there was a big enough good, crowd. Good so there was like 10 or 15 prostitutes that summer to every John. It was just some unfucking bearable. It's crazy. It could be like, like Hunt's Point or whatever. That docu HBO documentary was about oh, yeah. Hunt's Point. Where it's just fucking crazy prostitutes everywhere. But was there one of those prostitutes that you said, oh, they turned me on? Oh, no. Now, I understand... <laughs> If there's some kind of Beverly Hills prostitute, there was the Upper East Side prostitute. The escort services. Yeah. Uh, that you can go 
the twenty five hundred a night. Zeech, you still even no, you couldn't do it then. No, I wouldn't want to do it. I I just feel like prostitutes one of those jobs that's been really misrepresented in movies where they look kind of hot and whatever. And then dude, in real you life, met it, you saw that one that was in here though, the one who took down Elliot Spitzer. Oh, that yeah. girl's fucking gorgeous. And that's what you... Yeah, you're not going to run into a Julia Roberts on the street corner. No, no, no. But you could get a Julia Roberts a going ball. through a casino in Vegas. She has a heart of gold. Yeah, you're not going to get that. I you're going to get... I don't, I don't want a heart of gold. <laughs> you're basically going to get actresses who will pretend for that amount of time that they care about you. But the reality of it is they do not. Now, I got a lot of friends who have no problem picking up Street prostitutes. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. It's fucking terrible. I ain't one of those fucking guys, though. Now, what's the... what's the When is somebody a prostitute? Does it have to be an exchange of cash, or can it be, like, goods and stuff? Because well, I, give me... You know, what are you saying? A fucking girl's gonna say, fucking give me four tires and I'll blow you? I don't understand. I was recently talking to this girl I used to date, and I can't decide if she's hooking, because she's like, yeah, I'm kind of seeing four guys. They'll just kind of buy me stuff. One of them's paying my rent. And I was like... And she's flying all over the world to see people... And it just seems kind of... All right, let's fucking go through this. I want to get it uh. down completely. So, how is she paying the rent? Some guy that either She's is married dating. or something that is kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, dating her is paying her rent. I know this because she recently told me, I've begun to work part-time. And he said, how? Sounds like... Another guy just bought her a $2,500 painting because she mentioned she liked it. Well, see, that could be your girlfriend. You like doing stuff. Buying for. stuff for, for the girl. That's, I think that you, that's pretty good, not prostitution. But the rent and flying all over the world, that sounds like I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you'll fly your girlfriend places, too. Yeah, but, yeah. but they're not, like, exclusive. But I mean, it's like one of these guys is married. She's not seeing any of them specifically. They're staying but it's up them. to her whether she puts that check towards her rent or not. It's not like he owns a place and she's staying there free. That could be friends. But I'm sending you 3K to pay for your rent. He's not going to check up to see if that went for rent. Or Coke. Also, I mean, I kind of thought this way because at the time I went on a couple days with her uh, back like a year ago. Would you? What it cost you? Baller. Nothing. <laughs> she mentioned that she danced at one point, and I was like, whatever, just topless. I don't care. And then she also mentioned that she had a friend who was actually an escort. Is there now I'm starting to put this all together, and it's fucking messing with my head. I think she, why is that messing with your head though? Well, I'm just like you oh. used the prostitute. So what? I don't think, but she didn't like charge me or anything. So I don't think I did. What's your GTF? She wanted to like be my girlfriend, and I was like, Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to pay for your fucking apartment. Yeah, it's buy your paintings. <laughs> Barely buy. No, but I hear this now, and I'm like, Fuck. Good thing I dodged that bullet. I'm gonna fly have you down from fucking Rhode Island to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you can take the bolt bus. I'll pay for your ferry ticket. <laughs> <laughs> See, I. If it's your chick, right? I mean, people would pay their fucking rent for their chick. I think yeah. it comes down to this. A prostitute is, here's what I'm willing to do for that. You know what I mean? Uh, if you pay me this, negotiation. I'll do that. Yes. But the, hey, I like having you around. Dude, I can't go to all the fucking places you're going. Don't worry, I'm flying you I out. You. You're going to go to Vegas with me on this. I'm buying. I don't think that makes you a prostitute. The flying somebody to come see you 
Everyone who's ever had a girlfriend has done that before. Right, yeah. What I don't like is she kind of acts like she's paying for this all herself. I don't understand how the Why fuck Why are that's you possible. judging this fucking young girl? This young saying, Syracuse girl. I, Look at this she fucking didn't asshole. Go to Syracuse. She's a girl I met in the city. I just don't see how there's some 24-year-old girl out there who's fucking having enough money to fly to London every other week. It just seems Well, like but she's getting paid to blow people once she gets there. But this chick, I think her apartment was 5 grand or 8 grand something like that. And she was paying that herself of her prostitution thing. Now, the funny thing is, what was her name? Ashley Dupree. So she came in here one day. We didn't book her. But I met her in the lobby. I thought she was about 15 years old. Very young. She did not. I mean, she's one of those girls that in these pictures, she looks stunning. And when you meet her, she's very pretty. But she also looks like she would be going to the prom with your nephew. <laughs> Now, I had a friend who went on a prostitute in Reno, but I didn't feel the same thing that Zietz fucking felt like, where I got judgmental after the fact. And just, that's what happened. That's what they want to do. No, that's I, what I, she chose to fucking do. I yes. would just rather she say, this is what's going on, not like, oh... Maybe she hasn't really come to grips with it, you know? Maybe, you know, maybe she's not thinking, I'm a full-time prostitute, but you know that uh, if you're a young, attractive girl, you're going to get those, hey, come work at the bar, you hang out, you talk to guys, you move the bottles, you yeah. end up making a thousand bucks a night or whatever. But, so that goes to, hey, there's another party, we're all going to Miami Beach, you come with yeah and then they're only with the guys that they want to be with you know there might be <laughs> money exchanging hands but it isn't directly to them i mean i do think that there's probably a really gray area there i don't know if the rent means prostitution i mean if that's the married guy then maybe he's just setting up a place where they can go since she he obviously can't have her to his place well that sounds kind of like a I don't know if you're, if you're buying I, that, that sounds more like a, an arrangement between two people that are seeing each other more than an actual business deal. Well, what makes a prostitute for you, Fess? I think it's when it's, it's a thing of you're constantly interviewing. To me, it sounds like she has a, a relationships with these people. I think prostitution is a little bit more anonymous. See, I, you know, the only thing I'll disagree, I know a woman here in the city who's had a long-time relationship with an older guy. She doesn't even do this with anyone else, but he pays her. And she's an older woman. And this has been going on. I mean, he's really old, and she's a middle-aged woman. And she don't give a fuck. The guy's okay with it, yeah. but she ain't out street walking or anything. Just one dude. But in the yeah, but in the terms of this, I mean, if she doesn't get paid, she ain't showing up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and she's nice to him for that time, and that's it. So again, it takes us back to that gray area. Um, Josh, you're on my fez. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. The question is, if if this chick was on her period, or if she came down with that, the, you know, the proverbial headache, would the guy who was going to fly her out to London or whatever, would she just shut that down? Because if she's not making that trip unless she puts out, she's a prostitute, big time. But if she's decent, she could also blow him or open up the fucking a-hole. 
and still make that a fucking great weekend for everybody. Exactly. And then finally he goes, you know what? I don't care about. I was queasy before about the period thing. Now I want to go in deep. I don't care. All in. I'm so fucking turned on. I can't stand it. Come on. Um, let's go over here to Duke. Duke, you're on my face. Hey, uh, Mr. B. I've been together with my chick for years and years, man. She doesn't do anything. She sits home all day, watches TV, keeps the house. And, uh, you know, I win the bread. So when I get home, she's... Gives me blowjobs and fucks me. I mean, does that make her a prostitute? No, because you guys have a partner relationship. She's running your home. Yeah. Let's not act like all woman, women are hooists. Come on, dude. From what I can tell, it looks like this girl's life as she goes to spin classes, hangs out at wine bars, and then fucks various guys. It just all right, seems let's get her Facebook. I don't have it. Bullshit. I have one photo. All right, let's, let's see the photo. Then I'll know whether she's a prostitute or not. Break it out, Zito. All right, easy, Red Bull. Got any more Red Bull back there? <laughs> Why can't you fucking take a thing out of pantsuit and just fucking chill the fuck out for five minutes? You're all bulled the fuck up. Well, that bull. Delicious. Ash Dupree apparently had a sex tape. What? Hmm. I'm gonna watch the shit out of that later. I don't need to hear what you're watching. <laughs> you're aggravated because of the Red Bull. You're not mad at Zito. You've had a lot of Red Bull, and any sound is driving you nuts right now. Very short period of time. <laughs> you like the fucking movie Want It. Is there a fly in here? Where's the picture, Zito? Come on, Zitz. Jesus Christ. What, do you got a fucking so dial-up over there? Oh, my sent, God. What is that? What? Uh, Sean, you're on the Fez. Hey, boys. Hey, uh, Ron, aside from uh, Chris Stanley, are there any pimps out there anymore? Yeah. There are still fucking pimps working their pimp hand. I don't know how they pull it off. There's pimp conventions. Because it's too annoying, and I can't dress that loud. But you get a goblet, a nice pimp cup. Yeah, I do like a pimp cup. All right, did you send the picture to Chris? I did. He hasn't gotten it yet. I might just have to come in and pull Good, it Good, I'm going to announce her fucking name. Yeah. Don't do that. Skeezer. Don't do that, Skeezer. <laughs> Skeezer and the fucking Firecat. Um, that's her? Yeah. Prostitute. This girl is a fucking escort. Yeah, she's a girl next door. Yeah. Fucking prostitute. And she's like, three grand, full girlfriend experience, big boy. <laughs> full girlfriend experience. <laughs> This is what they're selling now. You're the worst pimp ever. Just like, yo, go get my girls, get that girlfriend experience. Three oh. large. You know, get back with the money. You know I need my red boots. <laughs> You're all fucking hyped up. <laughs> yeah, even that picture alone, I would have said prostitute. Yeah, dude. she's like... You've fucking been with a prostitute, so yeah, what? Tell your parents yeah. that, you know, that, you know, that you fucking lay with whores. Let the Mayor D know. <laughs> Hard Rock Johnny. Hard Rock Johnny. I, I love the picture of you guys up on Charity Buzz holding those beautiful speakers at the Black Rock Coalition book launch. Fezzy set me up on that one. Why? I think it's great. That's, That's right a fucking funny joke. Patty. That's right before I stuck Stalker Patty on the carpet with you. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jenny. You really helped out Pantsuit today. He feels like a million bucks. You know he's going to be pissed at you now. Because I never would have found out. It's a good one. You guys look good holding up crystal speakers. Thanks. I tried to help out my fucking friend uh, for his stupid party. And this is where I am. 
I love that party. That was a great party. That yeah, sure. Was... You fucking made out like a bandit. You, you didn't give Ronnie B a taste, though, did you? Don't tell anyone. That's Mind if I wet my beak instead of just sitting there supporting? <laughs> it's, uh, it was nice. It was a good party. Our good friend Earl. You're that? unbelievable. It was nice. And you guys look great. I mean, it's a great shot. All right, Johnny. We'll see you at the next Apollo. Yes. We're working on it right now. Sean Mullins. Looks like Sean Mullins. <laughs> be a great one. We're having a hard time getting a hold of Tom Hanks for that, though. We don't know whether <laughs> Hanks is coming or not now. I think Elvis Costello would probably show for that one. That would be great. I hope he plays Rockawa. <laughs> All right. Peace. See you. Uh, Jason, you're on my Fez. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know a chick just like uh, this girl you're talking about. Uh, you always see her with a, a new guy towards the end of the month, and uh, she'll hang out with him for a week or two. He pays the rent, pays the house bills, and uh, then she's off playing grab-ass with guys her own age the rest of the month. Yeah, I don't know if I consider that a prostitute. I really don't. Uh, ben, you're on the run Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you know, I think essentially isn't prostitution the bartering of the pussy-ass mouth or hand for goods and services? See, that's the way I took it. And tits. That if you say, look, I will blow you, but I'm getting $85 for it. Are right, you a prostitute. That's a lot different than... Fucking cut and dry. Yes. We're going away <laughs> for the weekend, and I expect some sex because we're having a fun weekend. Yeah. Now, if this girl was a prostitute and I had sex with her, but I didn't pay her, did I still have sex with a prostitute? Because, like, that's her off hours. Is she just having sex with Yes, you did. Point? And your fucking cock has been fucking basically rubbed up against the juice of every fucking John out there. Uh, yeah. And that's why you're feeling so down. Yeah. That's where your mono came from. Yeah. Your fucking low-level HIV that you've been battling. Mm -hmm. Oh, the low-level type. That's the worst type. Yeah, because it's growing. While we're sitting here, something awful is growing inside of you. In your balls, in your asshole, and behind your eyeballs. At least I got a 30 for 30 Red Bull's losing his shit. <laughs> All thanks to this fucking prostitute. Hope you feel good about yourself now. Fez, you got any fucking sticker stop pictures in Plant City you can slap up on the fucking net that I've done? I keep thinking no. back to certain things, and now I'm just like, yeah, she's definitely a prostitute. Yeah. She invited me to her housewarming at the end of the month. I'm totally going to go to that shit and meet other prostitutes, I think. That's she cool. ought to fucking invite you to her counting warming that she's fucking having. Yeah. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Sucking fuck party. $140. Fucking and sucking. How was she? Was she who or good? That's one of the things that's actually made me thinking, like, yeah. All right. Really right. You finally got hard? <laughs> First time in the last ten girls? Your fucking dick could get hard? <laughs> Cause she, yeah. Something's working here. <laughs> Why are the prostitutes so much, you know? You guys fucking splitting coke together? Hell yeah, you guys getting all geeked out? Oh. Banging rails? Oh, God. Uh, let's break here. So they know we got a lot to do today. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We'll be back... With a good question. It is the Ron Fest Show. Number three, step forward. Tell me the key, you In English, please. Excuse me. In English. 
I'm in the fucking keys. You got to go. What the fuck? It's Ron Fish Show on a Monday. We are hanging out with you. Uh, we got a good question up over on the iBank because I wanted to talk about this movie, uh, 444, Last Day on Earth. This is written and directed by uh, the great uh, Abel Ferrer, who Hicks is one of your all-time favorite directors. Amazing. Just so goddamn good. Bay Lieutenant, King of New York, The Funeral, all th just one after another. This guy's amazing. I'm that well. was his real time of having big cash th towards his movies <laughs> now. Now, this is a much smaller film. Uh, Willem Dafoe uh, stars in it, as well as uh, Shannon Lee. Uh, and basically, it's done down in the Lower East Side. And everybody knows that the world is going to end at a certain time. The scientists have figured it out. It's basically a no coming back. We fucked up the environment. And we've already fallen into a piece where it's acceptance. You know? Like, there's nothing we can do. Like, let's just... Yeah, it isn't over. a matter of, like, you know, shooting a spaceship at something or going under Earth, some of us will be picked. Everyone is going to get wiped off the planet. Every little living thing. I've seen the trailer for it. I really want to see it. It's, it's good, dude. It's awesome. It's good. And Abel Ferrer is, you know, he's just one of those guys that uh, works with the great actors and lets them go with it. You know, so if you like Willem Dafoe, uh, and who doesn't, uh, you're going to really, really fucking dig this uh, film. Love Willem Dafoe. Um, and then there's a couple other things that come out about it by that. But I was thinking, would you rather die by yourself and life goes on or die in an end-of-the-world scenario and everybody's dying with you? Oh, come on. I'll die alone. Let humanity live on. I don't want humanity to end. That would blow. All right, this is up on the iBang, and, or you can call us at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fezzy, what about you? I think I would like to die with the group, with uh, just having everyone experiencing the same thing and just going through it together. You say that, but in a weird way, you're not. You're still dying alone, in my opinion. Because even if you're holding someone's hand, uh -huh. which most of us, if you're lucky, you get to do, you're still dying alone, right? Oh, yeah. In yeah, other it's... words, when the brain starts to shut down, that's the lonely spot. It's not two minutes before or obviously two minutes after. I'm still feeling, even while I was watching this film, that everyone on the planet is dying alone. That it, that it can't really be a shared experience because you are actually alone there in that last second, nanosecond, however long it's supposed to be. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 
866-RON-ZERO-FEST. But what feels comforting about that feel? Uh, I think it's the thing of, first of all, it's like you didn't miss anything. Boy, you and Sam say the same thing, and I never get the missing. That, like, you saw humanity all the way through. Well, no, you didn't start with it. No, but you saw the end of it. Right. So you didn't miss still a lot of humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not getting more than what other people had, no matter who you are. You're still getting whatever your time is. So it is the end, but I find that almost disappointing in a way, because then that gives you the, well, what the fuck was this all about anyway feeling? You know, what was the whole purpose of mankind? But let's, let me give you another scenario. By the way, this is up under good question. You can leave your comments or you can join the little poll there. Let's suppose you were dying, right? Uh-huh. And, like, you came to me and, like, I'm dying and I could support you and Chris would support you. But if we were all dying, we might end up telling you, stop it. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. We're not going to sit there and fucking help you through this. We're all fucking dying. Stop being a fucking baby. Go away, don't shit to worry about, face. Jesus fucking Christ. You know what I mean? Like, then you're going up and down the halls, and people who never liked you are telling you why, or people, you know, are just, like, doing the freaked-out face. And it's kind of fucked up because, for me, I think the worst thing would be if for the really little kids. Now you're, like... If I'm dying, I know me and my brother would call each other, you know, if there was none of the world. Hey, dude, well, you know, what a fucking ride, whatever. But my sister-in-law with her tiny little kids, that would be a far different conversation. Right. Because as you are bragging about being here for the end of it, they're also at the end of it at uh, three and five years old. Um I think one of the comfort, the other comforting things is knowing when it's coming. Of, I mean, I think. Would you want to know that now? Would you want to know your last breath? I wouldn't. Wa- I wouldn't want to know it, but I have that fear of dying alone with the heart stuff, of being just, you know, found days later on the floor of my apartment. So it's it's. Almost- but here's the thing: everyone in this scenario is going to be laying there on the floor of their apartment. This fucking feeling that you have of I don't want my body to be, you know, ignored is going to happen for five billion people now in this scenario. Yeah. Every no one's going to get buried. Everyone's gonna lay there. It's over. So it's the weirdness is of somehow that this will be a better experience is like surprising to me that people have it. It's a downer. Um Let's go over here to um, Ross. Ross, you're on Run the Fed show. Yeah, my question is, is if the scenario of everybody goes at the same time, do you know it's coming? Is there Mad Max times before everybody goes? Well, why would there be Mad Max times? Well, say there's a, a meteor coming and the government tells you and you got like a week and everybody goes haywire. But why would you go haywire? Well, I wouldn't, but you know what, buddy? You know they would. But why would they? Give me the reason to go haywire. 
Because you got nothing else to live for. What are you going to do? You but but well what? what but that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're not going haywire now, and you know you're going to die. You don't hear about people who get cancer or AIDS running around with machine guns shooting. Why would you expect? Because, quite frankly, I would expect somewhat of a world to be just somewhat accepting. You know what I mean? Like, I would expect the world just to go, this kind of sucks, but stop it. it is the way things played out. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, you couldn't accumulate anything because nobody is surviving this. So the people that would make a run on the grocery store, it would be pointless. Well, except for the people who wanted to do nothing but eat pies. Um, Watson says it's a weird psychological thing. The more people that die, the less sad it is. All right, here's my sadness about that. I think it's really sad that no one is going to know our history. Our history will then be wiped clean. So, you know, you take the Constitution, or you take our great paintings, or Beethoven, Einstein, the pyramids, whatever it happens to be, it's all gone. There's nothing there anymore. Nothing matters. It's almost like, well, why did we even slightly bother with anything? <sighs> um... How, would you want to be on the air for it? That'd be fucking wild. Because I'm going to give away a spoiler here because it happens earlier, but Pat Kiernan is in the film. <laughs> cool. All right. I'm glad he's still fucking rocking it. Um, and then it's a matter, and he actually does a line of, you know, do we stay on the air to the last second, or do we go home and be with our families? Do we have places to be? What do they do? Um, because I actually think there would be uh, a real lack of anger. At least there would be for me. I just feel like I'd be in the acceptance mode pretty fucking quickly. It's not like you're finding out, oh, someone did this and we need to take that. I mean, even like, like you said, it, if this happened because one corporation was actually responsible for the fucking hole in the ozone, right? Yeah. Even if you drive those people out in the street and shot them, what's the fucking difference? Yeah, everyone's going to die anyway. Yeah. They're dead regardless. Um, it seems so like you would still have an instinct to try to get to a place of safety, even though you know you can't possibly survive it. Um, yeah, I mean, we have to play this scenario that that's all for not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where would this place of safety be? You know. So how long do you think you'd try living your your normal life? Because wouldn't you assume that you know? Oh, there's been doomsday prophecies before, and this probably isn't going to happen. Like, when would you lock in and be like, "Oh shit"? Well, that's the interesting thing. In this film, we start from the place where everyone knows it's, it's true. Everyone's already it's all accepted. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There are a couple of people going, "Hey, what if they're wrong?" I'm sure you're going to keep that. But scientifically, this is laid out. This is not. You know, religious talk or anything like this. It isn't like, oh, we found some ancient papers. We know the world's coming to an end. Um, 
Roger, you're on running fuzz. Hey, Ron, uh, I just I, I kind of agree with that last caller a little bit. I don't think maybe maybe he didn't explain it far enough. I don't think people would go crazy in the literal sense. I think it would be more about okay, we have 72 hours left. We know everybody's going to die. Why would you not go out and just start banging broads, doing things like that that you know you know you can't you're not going to be around to suffer the consequences for. So what what consequence do you get from banging broads? Well, I, I'm just saying things that would make you that you can't do nowadays without. So what you know, what what is what is what are you why are you afraid to have sex with women? No, 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 it's not that at all. It's just there's not going to be any recourse for it. you're not. What I mean, recourse not is there? There's if you if you go out now and you just grab a girl and fuck her, it's rape. I so mean, hold on, so people. let let me get this. The only thing that keeps you from raping another human being is the law. No, no, that's not what I'm. I mean, just just crime in general. I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, no, but let but let's for you. Let's talk for you yourself. You would want if you could get away with it, you would rape. No, that's absolutely not correct. So who is doing this raping? Well, I'm not saying anybody in general. I'm just what I meant to say, or what I should have said, I guess, is breaking things that break the law. Period. I mean, things that you normally wouldn't do without knowing there's going to be consequences. Well, until you could tell me specifically, I wouldn't be able to comment on it because, first of all. I imagine if you have a Walmart and there's three days left, you're probably just going to walk away from your Walmart job. I don't think there's going to be... Now, some people will definitely stay. Some people will be like, you know what? This has been my restaurant my whole life, or this is my bar, and I'm staying here. Just like me and Hicks were just having the thing of, would we stay on the air? Because that's what we do. Like the captain of the Titanic. That guy stayed. Well, and, and that is considered an honorable fucking position. I'm sure a lot of policemen would like to say to themselves, I w I'm not doing this just for money. I'm doing this because this is my life's calling. I was thinking with the, with the having sex with women, maybe it would be like if a, if a, girl, a woman's married and you wouldn't proposition her because she's married and you have to deal with that shit. But like if she was going to die, you'd be like, we should have sex with each other before we die just to do it. Here's what I would do. I would live my life that way anyway, if that's what I felt. If I felt like there is a married woman that I'm so drawn to, that if it was the end of the world, I would still say that. Dude, but I would say that to pretty much anyone if it was the end of the world. I'd be like, I don't have to worry about disease. It's like, whatever. Like, there are people at work <laughs> that, that I wa herpes. I'd want to see naked, but I wouldn't ask them at work. I would. But if we were all going to die, I'd be like, I kind of want to see you naked. Um, let's go over here to... Uh, uh, let's go over here to Nathan. Nathan, you're on my face. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Melancholia? Yes, I have. What do you think of that? Um, I Hicks and I talked about this. We never got the first half of it. The second <laughs> half made a lot more sense to us. I would really want to go back and watch that wedding scene that went on for half the movie and <laughs> seeing if that was a prequel to anything or whether that was that just showing you the kind of stuff that don't matter. I mean, for the people who think there's going to be a mass freakout, um, I'm not too sure that there would be. Maybe there would be in the early times. You know, maybe some people would be running around getting weird. But should it stay that way, I don't see why it would. Acceptance will have to fucking seep in at some point for the majority of the population, I think. I think that's more likely than the majority of the population having the freakout. Right, let's even face this. Let's suppose a guy runs in here and shoots one of us. Really, in a big way, we're all going to die in two days anyway. Oh. So, 
What is the fucking purpose of that? <laughs> just be like, oh, what? Regardless, Why did you do the guy wants the guy go, wants to come in here and do what? Steal our computers? Go ahead, dude. You want these flat screens? Take them. <laughs> yeah, what do I fucking care? I don't know if these things that we think matter to us would matter there at the fucking end times. It, it wouldn't, because it's all over. Who, who gives a fuck? It's done. Now... Who gives a fuck about money? Is there going to be a ton of sex? Yeah. But there probably should now anyway. It just kind of goes to show that if you go, oh, I'd end up having a lot more sex, you probably should have a lot more sex in your life then. Yeah, because it seems to be important to you. So why aren't you doing it? What is keeping you now? Because there is a fucking death sentence here. Uh, all you need to do is go look at Twitter... For people who died and see how they were living their life that afternoon. Jeez. They have no idea what was coming. Um, let's go over here to with Chris, the teacher. You're on my Fez. How you doing, boys? Hey, Fez. How you doing, man? Good. What can we do for you, Chris? Um, Benny, Mr. B, I rarely do this, but I have to disagree with you like 100%. Man. You're allowed to. Um you think there's going to be like a sense of like calmness and acceptance in the world? I think it'll be like total anarchy. I know I'd be going around raping. Now, then, here's what I'm saying to you, Chris, and you're a teacher, right? Uh, yeah. Your nature is to be a rapist. <laughs> you are fighting your nature. All you want to do is just fucking rape. Fuck. I mean, don't you think, really, let's face it, with your rape, do you really want to spend your last days on the planet hurting another person? Fucking hey, I want to get some poon, bro. And you cannot get women to sleep with you? Uh, I'm married, so technically not. So it would not turn you off at all uh, that another person was screaming, no, don't do this. Uh, if, if, if it were right now, yeah. But if it's a scenario that you're talking about, no way. See, I just think that you're a rapist. And the only reason that you don't do it is because you're afraid of the repercussions. I don't think that most people go through life um, rapist. I just don't think so. Now, you'll be taken care of by that whatever the society. I'm sure people will feel like we have to shoot the rapist, and that part will be over. You won't make it to the end, Mr. Rapist. And it's great to know that there's a teacher out there that... Just thinks that raping a woman is having sex. He's right on the verge of being a rapist. <laughs> um, but I just think of the people now that you feel like you have a, a grudge with, right? Yeah. Would you feel like going over and beating them up or spitting on them, knowing that we're all going to die? Right. You wouldn't suddenly think, hey, this has become a little more important than one day Zito said something about my shoes, so now I'm going to go tell him off. I mean, I, if someone came to me, I'd have to go, really, dude? Him this those, is him and those parents of his. Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> do we care? <laughs> That's the Red Bull. That's his Red Bull. That's why, your fault for giving it to him. Why are you killing my parents? Now? Just don't listen. To wipe out this old Zito clan. Joseph, you're on my affairs. Hey, Ron. Well, how's it going, buddy? Yeah. What do you say? I just, I just say I enjoy you and you and Fez. I got the, the radio here, and I love it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That's it. Um, Paul, you're on the Run Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I think you're giving people way too much credit. Do you know how I many hope so. pissed off, angry people there are? People who just like to kill their bosses. All right, but here's the deal, dude. Or... 
what killing your bosses would mean nothing. Your boss has a death sentence. I think it would be just the opposite that we would realize that this anger that we have towards our bosses is kind of fucking ridiculous. It doesn't matter one way or another. I honestly think that we get to... I'm going to almost say this. I think it's going to be closer to Woodstock than anything else. I think people are going to be dancing in the streets. I think there's going to there would be music. I think that there would be, uh, you know, getting in uh, and probably in touch with old girlfriends and saying, "Hey, I'm fucking sorry, man. You know, I was not thinking at the time. This puts it all in perspective. You know, thank you for the times that we had together. And I only wish I behaved better." You don't hear about a lot of people with brain tumors running around wanting to shoot their bosses, you know? Yeah. You don't hear about a lot of fucking people who get up to death's door and then going, I wish I could shoot some people and take them down with me. I feel like it'd be more like Woodstock 99. Oh. <sighs> wow, that's awful. Mud people. Yeah. That well, I don't mind the mud people, but to the end of it, oh, yeah, the, the chili peppers. Yeah, like I feel like it might. <laughs> um... Let's go over here to um, Glenn. Glenn, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I'd have to uh, disagree with you about society not breaking down because I think most people don't really like their jobs. So if you know you only have a couple days to live, what's the point of going to work? I sure as hell don't want to spend my last days doing something I don't no, want to I, do. Well, I'm going to say for some of us that like our jobs, I think it would be up there. I mean, it would be... A choice between what you've always done and your on what you should have done, which was more family time. Um, well, right, and, and maybe I'm. But I, I don't. Agree. You know, I don't. I think it's going to be like August in France, where most of the people are just lounging around. That sounds nice. I mean, I think most of us would try to get to somebody uh, and at least reach them in a way that we probably should be doing anyway. You know, trying to fill up any. See, I think there would be chaos, but like panic, not criminal. I don't know what you would be panicking about because nothing could be more natural. This is it. This is what happened. Why would you be panicking now? There's nothing to panic about. Would you do shit that you've never done before? Like what? I don't know. There's like a bunch of drugs I've never tried. I'd like to try, but I don't want to try them now because I'm afraid I'd accidentally kill myself. But that's I, not a concern. I am going to tell you this. There's not a drug that I haven't fucking tried that I want to try now. So, but that's maybe a different. It's like what I was saying to the rapist who call who hides behind the name teacher now. <laughs> I think his true nature seems to be a rapist. Your true nature seems to be somebody who wishes they were living. A different lifestyle. A whoremongering cokehead is his right. life as he wants. <laughs> now, he's done some of the whoremongering. Okay. But my point to you would be, that just goes to show that maybe you should have whoremongered a little bef- before. Anyway, the film is called 444, um, Last Day on Earth. And it's not some big, crazy science fiction spectacle. It's small personal story. That's what it seemed like from the. It is a small personal story, and yet, having said that, the whole world is the backdrop. You're realizing everything between these two people. I need to break again. Yeah, just that. Yeah. We'll come back and pick this up. It's the Ron Fez show.
It's the Ron and Fez show on a Monday. Uh, we were talking about the new film, 444, Last Day on Earth. And uh, Fez, you were still, even after we had the discussion, you'd still want civilization to be destroyed together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's all go out as a group. You wouldn't feel bad for the fact that humanity would be wiped off the face of the earth? I, I would feel totally bad about it. But, I mean, if it's dying by myself or dying with a group of people, I'd rather go with the group. You'd rather die with your nieces. Your little nieces. All right, that's really, really sad. Yes. That's, that's what I'm going to try to tell you. And just because it would be everybody's little children mm -hmm. are going to be dying with you just because you don't want to go out alone. I don't know why anyone would choose that. I mean, could you imagine if someone would have chose that at the uh, Revolutionary War? Oh, no. Um, well, I'm actually very excited to tell you this. We've booked uh, the director of 444, The Last Day on Earth, one of the great independent film directors of all time. Legendary. Now, there's some people that are called independent film directors because they make small films. But this gentleman is independent and has been independent forever. Uh, Bad Lieutenant is... Uh, Marty Scorsese had that on his top ten list of, uh, of films of the 90s. Um, the King of New York is one of those films... <laughs> Classic. ...that... If you're a gangster film guy, you love it. The funeral, phenomenal. Um, and the list goes uh, on and on and on like that. Um, this new film, Willem Dafoe, stars in it as well as um, Shannon Lee. And basically most of the film is just those two. Uh, even though um, there's... a uh, some other characters that show up. It's a very, very well put together film. It's a thrill to be able to say he's coming in and doing the uh, show. Um, please welcome Abel Ferrer.
the devil pay Watch what we got And do it our way That's what they say That's what they say Just throw it away Throw that shit away Gun is gun Gun is gun They say the same Throw this away Great, Francis. <laughs> That's the last day on Earth. Rock man, Francis. Uh, you love that too. You love that song that ends the I film. I love the way he plays it, man. Yeah, you know, like that guitar. I love the way he sings too. Yeah. You uh, co-wrote that song with him? Yeah, yeah. Last day on Earth. If the world was made of dirt, you know, you kill me for gold. If the world was made of dirt, you love music what is just, it worth? Yeah. just as much as film, right? Yeah, we started off as uh, wannabe guitar players, you know, mm -hmm. in a band. With the guys, with Nicky St. John, who was my, uh, you know, screenwriter in the very beginning. Yeah. Wrote King of New York, The Funeral, The Addiction, and Mac, the guys I work with. You know, I, I don't know why that's always surprising that people who write also could do music and do film. Because, you know, it's almost like in sports, if a kid can play football, he can also play basketball and baseball. Mm. And the artistic kids are drawn. But we start to specialize as we get older. Yeah. You know? But that's the kind of thing about being a director. It gives you, you know, you're a little bit of a writer, you're a little bit of a uh, photographer, you're right. a little bit of a musician. You know. Editing plays into it the whole yeah, time, yeah. acting for you too. Right. Uh, we were talking about this film, and by the way, I just love the hell out of oh, Last thank you, man. Then thank you very it's much. It's one of my, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe and uh, Shannon in this terrific, I mean, the way that these two can hold you throughout the film, I think, mm. is amazing. Yeah. What brought the idea on? What made you think of this concept? You know, I, you know, obviously that question is always asked. Um, you know, where the creative idea comes from, who knows? But, you know, this isn't the first time that when you get to the end game, there's three or four other films, you know, similar. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it happened with the gangster films. It happened with the uh, vampire film. So, obviously, there's something out there, whether it's 2012 or, you know, right. maybe just getting older. You know what I mean? You start seeing, you know, the end of something. Well, we actually were having the con conversation before you got here of is it better to die alone or to die when everybody goes out together? But I still you always think, die alone. Man. Yeah, it's still alone, isn't it? Yeah. It's still alone. You always die alone. You know, so it, even the concept. You're born alone, you yeah. die alone. Uh, is this something that, um, that gives you a lot of thought? Well, well, I think what you're saying really is what the point of the film is, you yeah. know, uh, being together of, uh, you know, first of all, can you keep that relationship together? Right. You know, it's two people here and, um, you know, but they're going through their things, you know, they almost didn't end up to at the end, you know, I don't want to give away what happens, but, right. you know, and, you know, saying goodbye and how you say goodbye and who you say goodbye to, mm -hmm. you know, and if you have to say goodbye. And loving people for their imperfections as well. You know, that both the, the people in this in film... sickness and in health. Yeah, they're not perfect people. No they kidding. they do a lot of things that 
as a viewer, you're going, come on, you can give them a break right now with all the shit that's going down. Yeah. Um, but is it fun having, you know, keeping a small cast? Because you had such a, a great place that you shot in on the Lower East Side. Right, Spencer's Ring. And a brilliant idea of the way you use technology in this. You're using Skype and in a way that I never really saw used before. And there is so but much... it's just the way it's used, I yeah. mean, right? I mean, it's just what, what it is. Right. right. I mean, you see everybody Skyping. Everybody's on their iPads. Everybody's on their, you know, they got their phones, right? Right. Their cameras, rather. But you're telling great camera, yeah, not great phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're uh, not. They're not fucking phones anymore, are they? There's, yeah. There are cameras that you can kind of hear each other talk through. Well, some better than others. Uh, but AT and T better get their act together. But you, in, in this film, you kind of let. Uh, there's a lot of directors, I think, that would have let some of the wisdom that you let come through the computer. You you have some holy people, some thinkers like Joseph Campbell. Right. Uh, uh, they're kind of talking in his background um, that you focus on, but but yeah. I think a lot of foreground. Yeah, right. there's a lot of people that would have said, "Well, I'll give that same thoughts to my characters." You right. know what I mean? And you didn't do that. They didn't suddenly have so much more wisdom than they would have throughout the rest of their life, I don't think. Well, who's going to have the wisdom of Joseph Campbell or right. Dalai Lama, you know? Mm -hmm. or, um, you know what I'm saying? Even Charlie Rose in some way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be on Charlie Rose. Are Can you, you doing Charlie Rose? Yeah. Have you never done it before? No, no, no. Yeah. That's like, I, you know. Well, I mean, it's an honor to do to be here, too. So. Well, I appreciate that, but Charlie Rose is a little further along. I well, wouldn't I give you credit for that. But... Anyway, back to wait. What the point? Well, the point about? I'm oh, saying the, that the iconic type, yeah, that you right? that you let some of this this collected wisdom right. of the planet come through in a way that I don't think I've, I've ever seen anybody else do before. In terms of just focusing on yeah, these people just, saying their own words, yeah, having them say their own words, and having the fact that these words always existed, mm. and we probably didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but here at the end of our lives, of course, we wanted to hear what Joseph Campbell thinks. Of course, right. we want to hear what the Dalai Lama right. or the Pope has to think, for that right. matter. Right. Yeah, you know, there's a scene. Unfortunately, we had to take out was um, he was watching the uh, Green Bay Packer game with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, remember that. The, the, the ice, bowl? ice bowl, yeah. Willem was actually at that game in real life. In, yeah, in, in, yeah. Well, we couldn't get the NFL to give us the rights to some drag. So it was just going Same to show thing. up on the TV too, it and was for him to say that. Yeah, but he was on in bed. It was another bed scene, and only Shannon was like he was rubbing her butt. Yeah, it was a beautiful scene. Okay? <laughs> yeah, for just from that standpoint, never mind seeing Lombardi and that whole bit. But you know, the events of you know they're basically the greatest hits of um him and her you right know, you know seeing the dalai lama and you know it's our greatest hits you know right because when you know it's like what are you going to take to a desert island but what are you going to take to a desert island when you only have one night to watch it right i also i thought it was so interesting that you've all you let the film come into the place where acceptance had already taken place that yeah we got the line with this. this isn't the first moment that yeah they find out yeah so we're, we're not going through all the stages of of death here it's basically at the end right. um and the there was another part of course i don't want to give away what directions but he's a guy in recovery right. and goes to see some old friends right. and we're kind of left to wonder does he go to see them for his old friendship or does he go to see the cop um 
Yeah, well, he's going, you know... Yeah, I don't want to give it away too right. much, but it's but you know that's really the point of the film. I mean, he's he's a user. He's in recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, he's at you know he has like two years or whatever it is, and then comes the point if the you know the world's going to end tonight. What's the point of being sober? Right, and that becomes like a key uh, scene, a key event in the film. Right, this discussion with uh, Paul Hip, who isn't also in the program with um, my girl. Um, oh God, what's the star? What's the girl in that scene. Uh, is it Natasha? Is yeah, Natasha Leon. Yeah. Okay, she's also in recovery. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, these people talking about that, that, you know, that point. Well, he was amazing because he reminded you of the kind of guy that can pull you out of those things when you're in them. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know that, that he had to have that background to be able to sit there. And just say that you know the correct thing. Because when I was watching it, I mean, do I get fucked up again or not? Is something I always thought about. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend who was in recovery, mm-hmm. uh, found out that he had cancer, and immediately started talking about the morphine that he would mm-hmm. be getting. You know, in in which kind of way? In the way of hey, no matter what happens, at least I get that morphine. Like he was right. almost craving right. the end of his life, knowing that he was going to get this morphine well you know when you're an addict you're an addict you mm-hmm. know and that's just the way it is you know unfortunately and and that becomes a big deal you know when even cats like that have to have dental work done or right. with any, you know and that's how a lot of people get strung out you know they you know, you know oxycontin and you know these quote-unquote miracle drugs you right know, hillbilly heroin or whatever it is i mean it's a serious serious way i mean they're handing out oxycontin like it's you know aspirin yeah and a lot of those people don't know that they're you know, getting what we would consider, you know, a fun street dope to do. They think they're getting yeah, medicine. Real fun. Yeah, and before, well, at first, everything's right. always fun at first. Right. But but they are coming into it from a different way. From from ignorance, you know. Yeah. From you know, it's really it's it's a crime. You know, it's mm-hmm. criminal. You know. Uh, if it was up to you, nothing would be you. You would never consider making drugs legal um, for the people who want them. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, you're going to get them if you want them. I mean, you're not going to put it out there. Right. I mean, it's, no. You know. Uh, I know some people that didn't even know they had a gambling problem until the casinos so they started. Had no to, money left. Yeah. <laughs> then when casinos pop up everywhere and it became right. easy, they're like, shit, I fucking right. lost all my money. Yeah. How about the lottery? And how about <laughs> casinos where people are drunk? Yeah. Okay. And how many hearts are broken? How many families are destroyed? My father's a degenerate gambler. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I wouldn't make a bet on anything, you know. Did you ever have the pull towards gambling? There was gambling? No, not at yeah. all. I mean, I, I saw it. I mean, you know, it's funny. I shouldn't say not at all. I mean, it's one of the vices that my father had that I didn't have, thank God. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, you know, I saw it. I mean, my father was a bookmaker. I mean, you know, he's mm-hmm. gone now, so I could say it. And, you know, he rest in peace. My father was like an awesome guy. But, you know, there was a big difference when he was taking the action, taking bets. Right. And we were living large. And then when he started turning around and becoming his customer, you know, and being a player. Mm-hmm. And then we were out in the street, you know. Right. I mean, he just couldn't stop. And, you know, it's it's really a sin when, when you know, you, you, you mix alcohol and gambling with people, 
on top, you know, anyway. A lot of people don't want to gamble unless they're drinking anyway. You know what I mean? Like, they, they need it all <laughs> yeah, together. Right, yeah. But isn't it also interesting, too, when you're an addictive personality, is that it's hard to under even understand the addictions that you don't have? You know, like, you could sit there uh, and be a co There's a lot of coke addicts who go, oh, God, I would never do heroin. Right. Those people are fucking sick. Right. I don't understand gambling. But right. everybody will make the excuses for their own addiction. Yeah, right. It's supposed to be an addict. Uh, addiction has always played somewhat of a role in a lot of your films, right. and it isn't. I, to me, your films are always the most realistic version of addiction. Like, mm. I never sat around and watched, let's say, Scarface and really felt like <laughs> this guy was really fucking doing coke and enjoying it, you know. Mm. But when I'm watching your your films, I can feel the addiction. I can feel it there. Um, do you think that's something that's only somebody who struggled with that can really tell the story? Uh, no, mm -hmm. but um, you know, it would help for us, I guess. Yeah. You know. I mean, Harvey Keitel in your films is almost to me just at the fucking gates of hell. You yeah. know, yeah, literally he's, standing. He's, he's beyond the gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not at the gate. Is it great? He's to, in the front row. Yeah. Some of the great actors that you worked with, Walken, um, Defoe in this film, you work with uh, Keitel. Mm -hmm. Do you always need that person that can really go the distance for you? Um, is these the type of actors that you need as much as like to get? I mean, you need the best of everything. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you need the best DP, you need the best, you know, designer, you need, you know, you need the best in yourself as a director. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's the point. You need. You know, you need the actor that you need, and you have to know who it is you need, and you have to know what it is, you know, you want from them, in a mm. way, you know. Or you have to, have, let me say it differently, you need to have the relationship with them mm -hmm. to get what the film needs. That, you, you're going to know that before you even show up on set. You got to know sure. that you're already I mean, connected. Willem and I have done three films together. Yeah. There's a big difference between New Rose Hotel and you know where he and I was at. We're at you know mm -hmm. at that time, and you know the trust level, and just the working level. You know, I mean, it's just we know each other's moves. We understand each other. We're, you know, we're three movies down the line. So these relationships, as they get stronger outside of the set, they're going to be stronger on the set yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's all about relationships. I think it's also interesting, too, with your career that you've been through so much different technology. The way that you, you know, shoot a film has changed, the sound has changed, the mm -hmm. way you edit has changed. And some of the smaller things I see you doing on the film annex, uh, right. uh, I think is just amazing. This, because we've never would have got this years ago. You we got just, a new webisode out called oh, Pizza Connection. What's that one about? It's on. Um, it's about. It's like a comedy, black comedy, mm -hmm. uh, with Danny Fogler and Shannon. About kind of based on the real Pizza Connection, only in it's modern day. Uh -huh. you know? So, it's on um, Vice TV. Oh, Vice okay, TV. Today, yeah, today was his first day out, but on with my website, um, AbelFerrara.com. You know, it's, yeah. that's part of Film Annex, and we're doing the same thing. You know, we're doing like a, we're starting this webisode. I'm doing this thing on dreams, like really trying to capture the re, uh, you know, what a dream is really like. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's the toughest thing in the world, too, right? To try to figure out do a dream. Yeah, to do yeah. a dream sequence. Yeah, right. Um, 
But isn't it interesting now that you like to see how your career has changed so much? Like, I love the documentary stuff that you've done, and I mm -hmm. love just seeing you do a two, three minute piece. So the stuff that you did, like on Occupy, where you're just walking around, not sure where you know right. what your idea is going to be. Yeah, right. This is stuff that you never would have been able to do ten, no, twenty man, years you ago. Gotta count. You kidding? I mean, I started when I started. You couldn't even film New York at night. You know, it wasn't until Kubrick, you know, through uh, Barry Lyndon, right. You know, basically invented the equipment and the, and, and, and the film stock. You know, I remember, you know, Kodak Chemtone processing. You know, where you could, you know, the 1.9 lenses that you could actually shoot at night without lights. I mean, it was revolutionary. And now with this, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding up a four. You know, my great camera, my terrible phone. You know, for and you. Four. Do you feel like you could just sit there and shoot with that phone better than you could for a lot of the stuff that you were shooting in the seventies, with the film stock that you had? Well, no. Well, I'm 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 I don't buy the digital. Um, I, I'm still a sucker for for negative. You uh -huh. know, I, I I feel at this point for me I should shoot negative, and then at that point you go totally digital. Right. You know, in the editing process and in the sound process, and either in the color correction process. But I think something about the silver, you know, the actual silver mm -hmm. on on it, you know, it's a different, you know, gives you a different thing that you just can't match. Yeah, because you need that texture, you need that same feeling. It's that the you shadow do. of silver, man. It's yeah. not ones and zeros, you know. Uh, what about the next project? Um, do you already have a, another film lined up? Ready to My go? man Strauss-Kahn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Talk about addiction. Uh, and uh, with uh, Depardieu. That's Dominique unbelievable. Had you, yeah. You've never worked with him before. No, I never worked with him, but we met... Um, I had met him way back when at um, mm -hmm. that film festival that Coppola has in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Uh, yeah. Tell you right, um, but you know we were with him a few months ago to talk about the project, and he's like, "Forget, it. he's a real deal, completely." Well, you know, uh, the weird thing is when that whole thing when he got busted, I was down doing grand jury at the time, oh, so I was already part of that. You were there, you were in the room with him? Well, no, he wasn't in my room. But when I showed up one day, I mean, we're just I had to do it for like a month. It was like the entire world's press had showed up around the courthouse. Right. It was a fucking madhouse. Right. And then in the middle of it, there were these maids lined up with... They were wearing their costumes yeah, and they we're were protesting. Yeah, def that's, that's definitely in the film. And it was just... Phenomenal, Surreal, right? yeah, Surreal. man. It was like you walked into as Philadelphia. If she was story. Yeah, as if she was made, you know. Yeah. So the madness of that entire thing that, you know, here's a guy that we hadn't really even heard of in the States. Right. And in one day, he's easily the most talked about guy on the planet. Yeah, and sitting in the tombs, you know, going from the head of IMF to running, you know, going to be the next president of France and the yeah. next minute, you know. You know, handcuffed and thrown in jail like a common criminal. So, are, is uh, Depardieu going to do this in French, or is he going to do it in English? Have you guys worked that You're out? You're going to do it the way you know, it, you know, um, Strauss Kahn did it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh -huh. Dominique speaks when he's with his boys. He's speaking French. You know? Yeah. When he's you know at IMF, when he's you know when he has to speak English, he speaks English. You know, when he's in a court, when he's going through the system, I'm sure he's speaking English, you know. So what attracts you to a story like that is just the extremes of it, you know? 
I think the, when you really, you know, get into, you know, it started off with when it first happened, it, it the event happened in the room that we shot New Rose Hotel in. Well, wow. Hotel. Did you see New Rose Hotel? Yeah. Okay. Those opening scenes, but a lot of the movie was in that room. So I says, wait, something's going on here. Right? I mean, <laughs> you just feel that connection right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah. I'm saying this is, you know, something. Then, you know, I, I'm wondering why, right, like right off the bat, he's such a criminal, like just saying this, you know, they have this against that. You know, what's going on here? Why they, you know, I thought that would be a little prejudicial, mm. you know, to try to say all these things about a guy that they just had him in jail for a day or two days. You know? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the the immediate feeling was, Oh, he's so incredibly guilty. Oh, he's right. crossed the line. It yep. became this thing. And then the rest of the story comes out. As a matter of fact, they tried to even put him, when he had to stay in the city, up uh, on the Upper East Side where I live. And there was so much protesting and so much press that the building backed out of it. They were panicked about him coming into the yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, he's like, you know, the werewolf, right? Yeah, you know, right. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, it just shows what you can do to anybody, you know, what the press can do with, you know. It's scary in that in that regard. I mean, no one knows who this guy is. No one had any, like you right. said, no one had any idea who and what he is. But now everybody knows what. He's a rapist, he's this, he might be. But right. you don't know that. You know. But, you, but you are right about the press. Like, one thing I remember walking through that that day is the hysteria feeling from the press, you know, yeah. that they were just all pumped up. Yeah, they were all I mean, you don't get a story shit. like that every day. Yeah, and talk about, you know, an addiction. I mean, they were, you know, tying off on this story. <laughs> they were fucking loving it. What do we say about in the script? We say it's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll without the drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> Did you... <laughs> I mean, is this one choice is, is uh, Viagra for these guys, you know. When uh, when you write, do you write fast, or does it take you a while when um, you write a script? You know, the stuff that comes fast comes fast, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it comes when it comes. And then, you know, it really depends, you know. Some, when you, you know, I started off with, um, with my childhood, um, you know, soul brother, Nicky St. John. Yeah. And in those days, like, the script would come from him. The funeral would come completely written. The addiction mm -hmm. was totally written. And this forty-five, I didn't even know he was writing them. You know, and I would get the script. You know, beautiful. Yeah. And it, and then it, you know, we would work from that. You know, to a very specific thing. And then when he just, you know, had enough of the business and the people in it. You know, then I got. You know, I worked with Zoe on the Bad Lieutenant. You um, know. Zoe was so unbelievably talented too, man. Yeah. That's another shame. You know, that was a drug casualty. Mm -hmm. You know, someone, you know, it's, it's really sad because she had, she really had the gift and, you know, she had so much more to give. But, you know, she made that choice and that's what happens. There also almost seems like there's like, uh, with Zoe, almost like an Edie Sedwick type cult about her too. Like when you go on the internet, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of pictures of her up and she... She's this image that she has just is so attractive to young men that you you know attractive to young women. I mean, attractive to anyone. I mean, yeah. Because she had the you know she backed it up with with talent. You know, talent as an actress, talent as a musician. Talk about the cross right. cross. You know, she was when I first met her. She was. Uh, 
I mean, she was a teenager uh, with a, um, a going to Columbia. You know what I mean? On, scho- on a music scholarship. Okay, mm-hmm. clean as a whistle, man. You know. Okay, so there's a long way from the girl and bad lieutenant. You know, but then we lost her, and I started working with Chris Zoys, who's a um, you know a writer, a psych, a great writer, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Writes books on that, you know, wrote as a novelist. So he's working with me on the Strauss Con. But 444 kind of did it. You know, what we do, I, I work with the same guys I've always worked with. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Kelsch is DP, Frank um, DeCurtis is the designer, and um, Tony, you know, well, now I'm back with Tony as, as the editor. But, you know, so when I start writing, I, you know, I don't want to get too far, you know, First of all, I want to get too far past Willem, you know. Right. So, you know, I kind of say, hey, you interested in doing this? Because if you don't have him, you're not going to do the movie, you know. Like, you're not going to do a movie. Well, I mean, there could have been other actors, but at this point, you know. It's you want to so, go in with the whole project. I want to know he's yeah. there for it in the beginning. And then we start from that point, I get his, you know, feedback and his input. And then I start taking the next step right. of the project. And, you know, all the while, you know, talking with Frankie, the designer. Mm-hmm. And the, and the um, DP, you know what I mean? So we're kind of designing it and, and thinking how we're going to shoot it, you know, so then it kind of evolves and then we get further along. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of, you know, I don't want to go someplace that these, that maybe they're not willing to go. Right. You know, Willem, or maybe it's not where he feels comfortable with. So it's kind of a group thing. Well, know? sexually, they go pretty far in this. Yeah. <laughs> But not only that, emotionally they go to some places that I guess there's got to be, you know, there's a scene where Shannon just loses her shit that I'm like, I don't know whether this was improvised on the spot or whether she always knew that she was going there. That's tough scenes. There's another scene with Willem when he's out front standing next to the ledge and yelling down at people that is like so chillingly real, you know. That I'm wondering, does that yeah, stuff? Yeah, telling his landlord, how's the two and a half percent? Yeah, that's yeah. fucking so great. How's your two and a half percent increase the year feel now? That's huh? amazing stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like I say, you know, we've got the ideas are down. We start, you know, working on them. We start developing them. We start going a little bit further with them, you know, and, um, you know, it's something that's done together. You know, yeah. This film is like a group trip in terms of even the financing and the ownership. We all own the film, you know, right. with Wild Bunch. So you just feel like everybody who's on that set is kind of partners in this. Everybody's well, in any film. Right. I mean, yeah. any film. I mean, you know, the camera is going to reflect every 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 heartbeat on the floor. You mm-hmm. know, and if if everybody's not pu- pu- pulling in the same direction, and everybody's got it in in you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the camera picks it up, you know. I mean, the camera, the lenses get it, you know, digital or, you know, celluloid. You're going to feel, you know, that's what you're feeling. That's what you're seeing when you're seeing a movie. You're seeing the group. You're seeing as much behind the camera as in front of the camera. So can you feel it on the set, able whether this stuff is working or not? Do you know? Well, that's is what it? I'm getting paid for. Yeah. So I better, you know, I mean, somebody right. better. You know, I mean, that's basically my job is to see if it's working. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you really, for a director, no one ever knows until the film is done. If, you you know, if you're doing your job, yeah. right? I mean. Well, the way that you've worked so independent, 
over the years. Would you have rather worked that way, or do you wish there was some studio who just said, dude, we trust you, we know... Well, we got guys now that are kind of like that. You mm-hmm. know, we work on Wild Bunch, and, you know, we've been with them for three, four, five films, you know. Um, the thing now is it's a very change... Well, it's always been very rapidly changing, you know. Anybody in the business, really in the business, knows that. And right now, it's changing big time for everybody. I mean, from the you know, this head of the biggest studio to the most independent kid coming out of school. You know, what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? Where are they going to get financing in an economically, you know, trying times? Mm-hmm. What is the Internet really going to give you? Is it going to be a corporate ripoff? You know, is it going to be a total destruction of the artist? Or is it going to be the, the, the great gift that we're all looking for? Who's going to put an artist in touch with his audience? without anything in between you know but it's amazing like with your experience you still have to be on the hustle like that you still have to be the person everybody is the idea you know i mean maybe there's spielberg here and there but the idea is somebody just picking up a phone and saying oh you know what i'm going to do next send the money down you know right that's not that doesn't happen that doesn't happen with anyone maybe if a handful of people yeah you know it's not that you have to convince a film you have to convince first of all you know you have to convince the guys you're with that Mm -hmm. it's worth doing you know what i mean i mean i'm surrounded not by yes men by you know what i mean i wish i had some yes men (laughs) you know i'm with guys like you better prove it to them why are we doing this and why are we not doing that you know and you got to sell your you know your position and then you got to do it with the financing and, you know, and I think that's for everybody. I don't think there's no, there's no easy way to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm here and there's someone else is somewhere wonderful, you know. Uh, I love the f- the fact that, like, some of the documentary work that you've done, like, with Mulberry Street and right. uh, the Chelsea Hotel piece, which right. now more than ever, you know, the interesting thing about the Chelsea Hotel piece is that's going to sit as a piece of history in a lot of ways, maybe even more than any of your other films, because so many stories were told in there that will never be told again. You know what I mean? That people are going to want to know about so many of those artists that lived in that. Yeah, you know, we have 40 hours of, you know, there's a perfect um, example of where the Internet could really play. I mean, Francesco's shown a lot of that stuff on Film Annex, the outs, you yeah. know, the stuff that we didn't put. I mean, you only have 90 minutes and you're trying to create something. But when you have 30 hours of, you know, have Dennis Hopper talking for an hour, there's a movie right there. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, we barely use them for whatever re- ridiculous reason, you know what I mean? But... And I have final cuts, so I am <laughs> playing by me. But you know, it's it's it, it was really interesting. I mean, you know, Jen did, did, did the Jen Gation, the um, producer. You know, she mm-hmm. did she did really she did her homework. You know, I mean, we we moved in there, and you know, every day she'd send us to another room, and you knock on a door, and you wouldn't know if it's going to be some old woman who's in like a closet mm-hmm. who hasn't left. In, a, in three months, or you're going to open up to an eight-room, you know, spacious, you know, uh, you know, um, house and garden type, right. off the hook, with place. fine art all over the walls, and yeah. you know, I mean, it's a, it was unbelievable, you know. I mean, you can't believe what's behind every door in that in that place, and the people, and the stories, and the music, and and you know, what's happened, and you know, well, I don't know. I mean, that place. Uh, 
may be ground zero for you know creativity in the last century. You know, there were so many great artists that came out of there, right. and all feeding off each other and that whole thing. And that film is so great, but to know that you've got another 29 hours that you could just release conversations right. here and there, I think is just phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, 444, Last Day on Earth. Uh, how are you releasing this one? Is it uh, going to be man, on demand of, right off the bat? Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, because it's already on demand. You know, we got the lawyers every day on top of um, YouTube. and Right. You know, it's it's like criminal, man. You know, I mean, it's really criminal. This is like, you know, you know, guys, in the end, you're going to face a judgment, okay? You know, stealing is stealing, okay? You know, you, 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 know, you, you download shit that you don't buy. I mean, it's, 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 it's robbing somebody, man. And, you know, the bullshit that, oh, there's some rich motherfucker, you know, with, you know, and all that. That's a lot of crap. You know, it's straight up, you know, thievery. And, right. And, 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 and what you're doing, if you're film lovers, you're killing it. If you're a music lover, you, you, you're not giving the guys a chance to play, to do it, you know. Well, I and never understand. I don't get the, yeah. When I'm walking through Chinatown, that stuff is all out in the open. They're selling these things today yeah, no before it comes out. No How come those guys never get busted for that? Why don't they get busted? You tell me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I live downtown. I live in Chinatown, Little Italy, which yeah. is yuppie central, right? Right. I mean, somebody, you know, it's not 1975 in New York no more. Someone's get their apartment robbed, all right? The cops are there in a half hour. And believe right. me, you know, between the... Um, you know, cameras on every corner and, you know, and these guys with a different point of view, they get results. You know, somebody steals my car, I got a great chance of getting it back. Somebody steals a $5 million movie or a $1 million movie I made, no one gives a shit. Yeah. I mean, come on. I don't buy it. I don't buy it and it can't, you know, I mean... You know, as an artist, I mean, this goes for Steven Spielberg and more, and Disney as much as it does for sure. kids out there making, you know, in school, just out of school, not even affording school. I mean, you know, they're working, and if they're getting hits on the thing, somebody's got to, you know, hit them off. Mm. You know, they got to support, you know, that you, you know, they got to support everybody, including me. I mean, what I mean support is... Okay, I'm not saying the government should fund move, you know. Right. I mean, I wish they did, but I can't imagine the United States not like, you know, in Europe, the government, you know, created like a, the German, you know, I mean, Fassbinder, Herzog uh, vendors, you know, they didn't just come out of the, the woodwork, you know, they came out of a government, you know, yeah. sponsored kind of world there. Okay, I, I, okay, I understand, fine. But man, at least, you know, you got to get paid for what you uh, people take yeah that people want if somebody doesn't want to see my film fine then i then you know i'll starve in the gutter but if people are watching it man come on you know well particularly for a guy like you who is going through each i mean you're collecting the money to bring it into this you're writing the script you're shooting it you're editing it i mean this takes you yeah, well that everybody does that yeah I mean, it's not, well, not what i'm saying is because i shoot it and edit and write it i mean it's but i'm doing. saying a lot of people don't have to worry about that because they get some a corporation to drop them a giant check and you know they come so. in with I a mean, script i wish tell me tell me what corporation it is so then you, i'll go i'll go right i mean really i mean so, i don't see it like so the, you think that the, the the way you're doing it would be just as rough as if you would have played the hollywood game years ago it would be just as i rough played the hollywood game yeah you know i was a millionaire for about five minutes 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I ended up in a, in a you know, in a psychological, you know, I ended up in a very bad space. I mean, that's another story. Right. But, I mean, you know, the thing about the Hollywood game and with the films I make is, you know, Final Cut is sank or sank. You know, I mean, in other words, we work out of New York, okay? We could went west to L.A., which we did. And, you know, we did good work. I mean, I thought, you know, it was a lot of money, more money than we needed, and we suffered because of it. You know, and our morals got switched around. And our, you know, what was important got switched around for us. All right. But then we went east to Europe. You know, I lived in Rome for four or five years. Willem lives in Rome. He's married to a, you know, young, very good, really cool um, Italian director, right? But he went to Europe. I went to Europe, and all of a sudden, wow, where was this place all this time? Why am I so stupid not to realize a place where the director is, you know, respected? The idea of someone cutting your film, it's against the law. Never mm -hmm. mind, you know, a producer really wouldn't think of it. You know what I mean? Right. That idea is totally, uh, you know, a West Coast, uh, an American West Coast deal you know you know it's because you buy the mona lisa don't give you the right to put a mustache on it yeah you dig what i'm saying but you can't do it so that idea of the of director and how he works that's that if i would could you sell out i don't know i mean there's no selling out when you make films because you need you have to have the final cut you dig yeah i mean you know whatever it takes to make a really great movie you know, you give me three hours in an editing room, I'll destroy Citizen Kane. You know, and I've had my films completely, I'm not saying Citizen Kane, but mm -hmm. I've had our work butchered. Right. You know, before I realized that Final Cut is sacrosanct. That there's no, you cannot make a film if you don't have Final Cut as a director. Does it still kill you, uh, some of these films that got fucked with? I mean, all these years later, do you wish you could go back and fix them, or are you able to let that yeah, go? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, can you let it go? I mean, mm. some days you can, some days you can't. Can we fix them? Yeah. Are there some cuts still floating around? Yeah. Or some, you know, but that's that's part of the game. You know, the films that weren't made, you know, I mean, just... You know what? Um, what keeps you going with this? I mean, you're working just as hard as this is when you rent. Young person, is really paying just about rent, paying the rent? No, I mean it's part of. But you got to pay the rent. I mean, somebody yeah. got you got to eat, right? I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, independently wealthy. You know, um, it's what you know. I mean, what drove us right from the get? You know, whatever it is in us that that you know we have a talent, and right. that's our talent. You know. And the talent is to make films, right? So, thank God we've gotten this far with it. All right, the uh, film is 444, Last Day on Earth. Uh, go to On Demand and pick it up. Don't download this shit off Torrent. Yo. Don't buy it from Chinatown, I'm gonna guys. Find it. I'm going to find Torrent. Wherever <laughs> you are, boys, you're going to come busting in. Jesus <laughs> Christ, what could be yeah. scarier than, than you that, and right. your boys coming was, in there? Yeah, right. He was a ranger in Vietnam, and he still got his weapons. But um, in New York, IFC... 6th Avenue, 3rd Street, 7 o'clock Friday. I'll be there. All our guys will be Everybody be there. Shannon You're going to be, be there. Uh, talking uh, after and setting yeah, up? I'll be talking before, during, and after. And, you know, we're all going to be there. And um, I don't have the list. Do they have the city list? I know uh, it's no, LA. Just go to ifcfilms.com. they got um, everything online there. Right, ifcfilms. There. All right. uh, on Demand the starts theater. March 23rd. Right. And it's going to come out in some theaters 
uh, plenty of, course, of theaters in urban theaters. areas. But you know, a lot of people listen to this. They're in you know Des Moines. Yeah, they're in Des Moines. Des Moines is like, an urban area. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. Get in the uh, car and drive. Or, or, yeah, check it out. Get get on demand. Uh, four four four. Make last some popcorn. Hang out. Roll a few. No. Abel, thanks so much for coming by, man. Oh, what a man, pleasure. Guys, thank you very much. All, All right. right. Very cool. Yeah. Serious. All right. See you next time, dude. Ciao, baby. This has been the Ron and Pez Show. If